This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Chick, 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 chick. Check, check. We're good, boys. We're good. We're good. So I was saying before, I got an allergy test one time mm-hmm. and uh, because I had some sinus issues. And they told me I wasn't allergic to cats mm-hmm. in the allergy test. But I'm very allergic to cats. I know. And they told me that my, my biggest allergy was cockroach feces or something like that. Wow. Which they said is usually in newspapers. So people who get newspapers delivered to their house. Yeah. Cockroaches love hanging out in newspaper factories. We definitely can't go to Luke's house. And cockroaches all over the place. He lives in a paper bag in the Bronx. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, no, they they hang out in uh, newspaper factories or printing printing factories or whatever. And they run across the the newspaper, oh, yeah. the stacks of paper, and they're they're shit, shit gets on the down paper? in there. Yeah. Wow. And then it it get, ends up in people's houses. But I think the test was bullshit because I'm super allergic to cats. Yeah, that the proof is you know in my in your face, eyes in my lungs yeah. you know. No, we were talking about this because we were talking about going to Chris's house sometimes to do the podcast because his his wifey is such a great cook and she would blast it for us. But he got five cats roaming around the inside and how many on the outside? Oh, uh, we got uh, there's four outside cats. It's a gang, gang is it safe of cats. to say you're an animal hoarder? They just show up, man, and no they dogs. Just, what? How about you get one vicious dog, no cats show up? Uh, yeah, the, the last dog we had was we had a chocolate lab, and he maybe died two years ago. Oh, they loved everything, though, didn't they? Oh, that was dog was, was friends with everything. Yeah, loved play with, we used to run around playing with the cats, go outside, play with everybody. It was the friendliest dog. Yeah. My mom had one of those when I was growing up. No, nice labs dog. and yeah. uh, those uh, golden retrievers, those kind of dogs are always real nice, you know. But you know what today is? What's today? A very important key figure, influential in punk, died on this date. Any guesses? Now, I don't know if I'm guessing right or wrong, but I've seen some really... I saw some posts very early today. About? I saw two different influential people okay. posts. Yeah, so I right. don't know if I'm... Is there two today? Both tall? Yeah. Yes. Yo, that's real? They're both on the same day? I don't know if they both died today, if there's a birthday for one. Why don't you look up Pete Steele? Pete okay. Steele's one, but he was not the one I'm talking about, although I, you know, I'm a huge typo negative fan. I'm talking about Joey Ramone died on this date. That oh, was the man. first one I saw was a Pete Steele. Uh, maybe it was the day he died, and maybe today's the day Joey Ramone's Today's born. the day Joey Ramone's died. I Yo, know that. Imagine that. I don't think that's the case. Though. That would be really coincidental. But Joey Ramone, the... The king of the founder, if you ask me, of punk rock is Joey Ramone. He came out as ugly and fucked up looking and crazy as he was with all his weird anxiety issues. And and what do you call that quirkiness where you got to count steps and you got to touch things before you leave the house? Uh, OCD. Yeah, he's a fucking maniac. But he managed to join a band. He managed to stand in front of that band, sing like an angel, travel the world, and start something that will last forever. Got to give him credit for that. We're going to cry right now. God damn it. 
Don't do it, Richard. Joey Ramon, the king of kings, punk rock legend, icon. Rest in peace. We all knew I grew up in a, or we know now that I grew up in a pretty crazy way, a very strict religious house, and I wasn't allowed to listen to certain types of music. Jehovah Witness. And uh, that was one of the first, first like punk CDs that I got, or tapes actually. Yeah. But uh, I used to listen to it under the covers, man. I, I know. would pull the covers up and turn it down so quiet. So like, like your lyrics say. Yeah, that's true, man. I what really was used it? to something. Uh, How's that go? I can't even think. I pulled the covers up over my head. Wait, uh, damn, I can't remember. Right yeah, now, I like that song. I, gotta, I, I haven't listened. We got a to song called minute. Joey Ramone where we're giving praise to the OG, and uh, I always like those lyrics. You find out about Pete Steele? Pete Steele died April fourteenth, two thousand. Uh, he died yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So the OG died yesterday. The King died today, and I love Typo, man. Typo to me, I mean. They got better and better and better. And because I always liked those albums that were like trips, like, you know, just like you listen beginning to end. And uh, a lot of bands in like the heavy world weren't really writing albums like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Typo had that vibe where you just, you wanted to take the whole ride. It was cool. So P. Steele died April 14th, 2010. Joey yeah. Ramone died April 15th, 2001. Wow. 2001 he died? 2001. So Crazy. Joey Ramone didn't live long enough to see how the world would take such a horrible turn come September 11th, 2001. No. He died in a more peaceful, tranquil time. Yeah. That was a more innocent time, as they say. And he was like a remnant of the 50s, <clears throat> you know, way after the 50s, but he had that vibe. You it's know? like he grew up listening to 50s music, yeah. but he grew up in the fucked up, weird, dangerous New York City, mm. you know? Yeah. Like he grew up in that Ramones, so seedy, cool, man. So cool. seedy New York. People that hate on the Ramones, I'm like, yo, this is like, yeah, three chords, four chords, what's that? That don't make a difference. It's your, it, listen, let your ears listen. Don't let, don't let a, you know, a Rubik's Cube or a computer listen. Let your ears listen, your heart listen. Like it's good music, good it songs. Is, yeah, yeah. Beautiful songs, man. Beautiful songs in the way of if you if you can get into oldies, listen to the music from yeah. the fifties and sixties. And weird enough to be like, oh, punk rock, the lyrically kind of outrageous and weird and odd, and you're not really sure where they're coming from. Then the band itself, the image, the style, you know, the the look. They just, yo, they did it. And I know a lot of huge Ramones fans are always like, ah, they. They should have been bigger. They should have been. Yo, they're huge. They're huge, man. They're huge. You can't. If they even... were, yeah. If they were alive today, and you were comparing them to any other punk band, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would say they were as big as like. Uh... They probably didn't make the money that a Blink One Eighty Two made or some shit like that. But I don't as know. far as playing the, the size venues and shit yeah, like and that, and as far yeah, as, they were the, as the name, as the image that will forever be iconic and, and influential. Mm-hmm. You know, very true. Now with the people Pete Steele, people are gonna stop talking about Blink One Eight Two one yeah. of these days, unless that alien dude is on point. Unless the Tom DeLong is on point, but uh, it, musically, I think people will probably stop talking about Blink One Eight Two. Blink One Eight Two became days. a pop radio pop band that was big at the time, and uh, you know they have songs. I'm sure I don't know much about them, but I'm sure they have classic songs people dig. But the Ramones will always be a doorway, like just like. White trash kids with Led Zeppelin, like this, they're gonna get play. Every generation is gonna get into the Ramones. Every generation is gonna get into Led Zeppelin. Every generation is gonna get into a Pink Floyd. Yeah, there's certain like, like certain bands that are like starting points. Yeah, 
for 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 a, an entire strain of a, a type of rock and roll or a yeah. type of punk or whatever. Ramones definitely are that. Misfits are that. Yeah. Led Zeppelin is that. Black Sabbath for sure. Yeah, Black Sabbath is one for sure. But know? I don't think Blink-182 is that. Nah, nah. You know? I, I just use them because people call them punk. Right, right, right. So if we're going to call Ramones punk, then what are you going to compare them to if you say they never got big enough? They got big, but they probably, you know, commercially, while they existed, they weren't as big as maybe they should have been. But they made a good living off their music, you know. And now the name is just, it's... Yeah, I think they, I mean, they were the, able the to logo, have The logo, the look, you know, everything. It's it's iconic. There's and nothing. they were able to have a pretty cool life playing music. Totally. You know? I mean they you know, they beefed all the time. I couldn't be in a band beefing like that though. Like Isn't that crazy? I'm dying or somebody else is dying because it's just if we ain't getting along and we gotta be stuck together, you know how I just can't like keep my mouth shut. Like I gotta keep on pushing, pushing, pushing. Imagine if I didn't like the person. Oof. Be rough. Yeah, so Yo, I don't know how they did it. There's bands that we play with through the years that, that notoriously fight with each other yeah. and i was always I, I, how do you get up like let's say you have a fight mm -hmm. after a show yeah the next morning what do you do yeah the next morning when you're at a hotel or you're on a bus and you just see the person that you hate from yeah. the night before you gotta go again you, you have to go on stage with them no, you i'm saying go, you gotta fight again no you have to fight all day long yeah, yeah it's it's a non-stop fight until somebody is like all right enough yeah. You know, I'm sorry. That was Are always my issue whenever I got asked to play in another band or or try out. I'm always like, I can't be in a band with like dudes I don't know good enough because they might try to kill me. That's how I always think. They might try to get me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no, but, try to no get it's me. true because we've been... We've been together for a long time. Even before we were in one way officially or in bands, we were all friends at some point yeah. you know before the music but we kind of like it i don't know if this could happen again in other like the like the way that we are is very rare i think yeah. and the, the way we interact with each other is very rare the way that our group of friends acts with around each other is rare and the way that we get along with outsiders that come you know what i mean like if you're forced to be on a bus with someone yeah I think it's rare that everybody will end up in the lounge laughing all night long. But I think that we kind of have the ability to loosen people up. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's rare. Like, there's a, a weird chemistry that kind of among us that, that um, allows people to be loose and kind of like at ease. Well, we're all nice. Everybody's nice and respectful. That's the thing to me, respect. Like, you, you could be a Billy badass and a hard dude, but... It doesn't mean you don't have to. You have to be disrespectful, right? You know, thank you. That's all. Excuse me. You know, uh, knowing that you're a little too loud right now. You know, and you know, there's a time and place for everything. Some people just don't know. But yeah, we all know how to act. Definitely, we're not causing no ruckus. But and then we all, you know. But yeah, if I think if I joined a different clip and I wasn't real tight with everybody, then you know, you're in a van and you're in Czechos, you know, Slovakia or whatever they call it now, and then. You just beefing with one dude and they're tight and you're not. You might catch it on the side of the road, son. Jeez, that's how I think. I don't know. <laughs> what a yeah. horror! Nah, yeah, we're lucky, man. It's we're a horror very, show. We're very well, let's lucky. go back. Pete Steele. Like we gave the props to Joey Ramone because that's the king of kings. Pete Steele, though, that was that's an artist. Like that's a musical guy. You know what I mean? Like weird, creepy, but look at what it took to. 
like listen to a typo album beginning to end and then think of the process of writing that and then recording it a lot goes into that shit a mm. lot different there's different tone every song is like there's no there's no this is the guitar this is the drum sound for this song it's every song has its own sound its own vibe and own sound yeah. for sure oh yeah and man. then when they're recording in the times of more like analog like the early stuff that's a pain in the ass oh yeah man like now we you know we just did a recording process we kind of got to give every song its own f- flair but these are push button times son there's a lot of you know cheap what I'm saying? codes yeah, that we figured out along the way yep. not not Trial even they're just now they're available though now Yo, they're available rich was telling me like in the old days when he had to use like a synthesizer like if you want a synthesizer on a track right yeah you're gonna use midi he said you'd actually physically have to have the synthesizers there turned on hooked in to trigger the sounds mm-hmm. so there was no way just to like map it out like you do now and then apply like a uh yeah. an effect on the on the track you have to have them turned on physically turned on so when the track ran it went and it sent the information and it would trigger this sound from the synthesizer yeah so midi is like a digital synthesizer it's it's it's, like it's, a, it's a digital virtual, information virtual synthesizer it's like you can map it's not anything that it's a to synthesizer midi. it's, it's just another way, way to import something right like yeah, kind of bulls it's just a way of it's like a digital communication that's the best way I can describe it it's like wow. a piece of information so if it hits out of certain thing yeah. you put a note to it a voice to it you can map something onto it. And yeah. he said, I have to have a bank of synthesizers on. I'm like, now you don't even need that. You just have a plug-in on the thing, and you have yeah. every synthesizer. He well, said, we, I had to physically have it on, and if one pin, he said, was out, it was in the wrong way. Nothing worked. Yeah. And you Crazy. see now, like, when we have, oh, is that bass drum a little early? Yeah. What do we got to do? Re-record the song? Cut a piece of tape physically? No. It's on a computer screen. He clicks it on a mouse. He moves it over a molecule, and it's on point. Like, you know, like, but... When early albums, early rock albums, like a lot of them, you know, we think like, ah, eh, but they were dealing with what they had to deal with, you know, like a Beatles record. You Yo, know, they had they four tracks. With? Four tracks you got. And you're going to do four tracks. But now, when a little, not too long, much longer after that, when you got the Pink Floyd type of bands coming into play, now what they were doing with multi tracks and with tape was impressive because oh, it was yeah. all work, it was cutting tape. Physically cutting layers and layers of stuff, getting the the sound for real through different pedals and amps and speakers, not whatever you call like this computer shit, like uh, virtualized virtual stuff. You know, that didn't like you know. It, well, hey, we want a nineteen eighty sound. Okay, here, try this amp, and it's like forty amps. Yo, on the computer I watched screen. the thing on um, Hendrix recording the Wind Cries Mary. They had the dude who did it, and they had I think eight tracks, and he said they had the backups and everything else, and then they had a bounce the bass drum and the bass guitar to one track to make room mm-hmm. for a vocal track when they did the live. And he said, it has, like has to be right. That's it. That's all you got to work with. So stuff had to be bounced, you know, all over the place. And once it's printed that way, it, it's, that's it. Yeah. I mean, eight really tracks. Now the drums will swallow up more than eight tracks. Oh alone. yeah. It's man. a drum set. That's how you get these big drum sounds where you can hear every single, you know, ride. You hit the, the bell on the ride and you hear it separately and it sounds great. But yeah, but the early typo negative stuff, the writing, the ideas, the tones, the mood, what a mood, man. Yeah, that guy had a yeah, vision, a man. Mood, he had moody like band. A, he definitely had a vision, you know, like I want he, he, he was playing the song that was in his head for sure. Remember when you we know? were on tour with Biohazard and he was talking about uh going on when Biohazard early on was going on tour with Typo after Carnivore and Typo was new. And he was playing typo negative for biohazard. And they're like, this is cool, but 
Like, will people dance to this shit? Like, you know, they used to dance and march to to carnivore. What are they, what are they going to do to this? And Billy said, he said, they'll find something else to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's great, hard, man. Though. And they did. Type, I remember seeing Typo and the broads that would go to them shows. Damn. Boobs hanging out left and right, so you were tripping over nipples. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing titty tripping? Yeah, I had a friend call me at titty work tripping. That's the other hard. day and ask me, how does a tape work? What do you mean a tape? Like a cassette tape. I don't know. Logan called me. He's like, yo, do you know how a tape works? That's no fucking And story. I was like, it's magnetic. No, I guess I should, but no, I don't. I Why should you? I have no idea. <laughs> I've, he goes, do you know how a record play a record works? And I was like, I could tell you, but it will sound it's bullshit. I really don't know. Like, yeah, the, a needle reads these little grooves. <laughs> and as I'm saying it, I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Why you actually that though? They were having some argument at work, and he wanted me to settle so, a debate uh, or something. I don't, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how a, I a no speaker. Clue. I don't even know how electricity works. Yeah. Like I don't know how it works. I know it it shocks you if it comes, you know, you touch it raw, but like and it goes through these wires. But I don't know how it fucking works. I don't know. Yo, how about like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all that shit? Dude, that's like <laughs> that's a radio like wave. Magic, man. Yeah. It's fucking real life magic. Like yeah. a radio wave. If they say like early on in the eighteen hundreds or whenever they fucking did that <clears throat> shit. Like, oh my, I'm gonna send this through the air and somebody's gonna put up a metal stick and they're gonna catch it and listen to it. Yeah, like somebody thought that. I know, every, and most people were probably like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, like yeah, bullshit. So there's shit like right now we're seeing what we're seeing, but there's shit all over the place. Yeah, that we don't see. And I, oh, yeah. like, there's Wi-Fi going through here. What the fuck is that, dude? It's going. Then there's there's everywhere. actually television stations going through here. There's even radio stations. Your phone, going your phone there signal, is no Wi-Fi. Bluetooth. Even if there's no LPs. Wi-Fi, if there's no radio stations let's say i'm bugging out we go we go back to three three thousand years ago right there's nothing no no technology like that they're you're, they're still going through you there's like non-stop a, a barrage of different signals of Damn. light and radio and sound and a all light of these different what the fuck signals. is a light what is light i don't even fucking I, know what yeah. light is man yo i'm usually family orientated but i'm bugging out right now son I'm, <laughs> I'm questioning everything <laughs> I don't even know. Like I started, it started off with a tape, and it just kind of unraveled into this. Man, I don't know anything. We really don't understand I don't technology. Know anything, man. I don't yeah, because it's getting dark now. We got this light Chemistry. over our head. What the fuck made that? It's like a miniature little sun. Thomas J. Edison. That you you screw into a little socket. You screw yeah. this little miniature sun into a and socket, you can see. and it lets you walk around your house later than you would be able to if yeah. it didn't exist. Correct. Wow. Even the dudes with candles and shit. That's a big invention for the time. Dude. A candle? Just making a two sticks hot enough that they catch on Yo, fire. Yo, you must have been bored as a motherfucker to even try that. You know what I'm saying? Did I tell you I did that? I made I made a... Uh, I did that when I was like a little dude. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I felt like... <laughs> I felt yeah. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know that you can create fire by yourself yeah, using things that, that are just in nature. That's kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. It is. And I made when, Anthony do it too. We both did it good. together. We like figured out how to make a, a fire out of sticks. What the fuck is that? It's crazy, man. But like, if I, I had, a, I looked it up on YouTube, and it was like a pretty, you know, in depth way of like they they got down yeah. to the the nitty gritty of how to do this, 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 and we followed it to the letter, and now we both could make fire. Well, think but, about like how about the first dude who was like, you know what, man, I'm looking at this green rocks over here, and I think I'm gonna heat that up. And I'm gonna melt copper out of that. 
Is that how copper's yeah, made? That's crazy. Copper's green, like it's a green rock. It looks like it's yeah. a fucking rock. I don't know who would, where it came, you know, who had the idea of like, you Was know, that the copper age? Yeah, like when you, calcolithic, you know, you're dealing with copper. Or even the first dude is like, you know, I can make a really sharp blade out of this rock. Like, like obsidian chert or obsidian. Or yeah, it's like you have to go find this raw lump and you have to have such precision to hit it to get the blade off. How did you have the idea of like, you know what, man, if I just work on this rock here, I bet I can make something super sharp like that I could kill the prehistoric animal with it, you know. Yo, I want to know who was the first dude that started breeding dogs. Like saying, this wolf is too, this, you know, if I could only get this wolf to be a friend of mine. Like how did they, what did they breed it with off the bat? If a wolf is Yo, the origin right, of I, wa- I watched that show Cosmos with yeah. uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And they had an episode about dog genetics. Yeah. Was it Cosmos? I th- I'm pretty sure it was Cosmos. But, they, uh, they definitely touched it on there too. So yeah. what they su- suspect might have happened is that it humans didn't actually breed the first dogs. The wolves themselves had to. ended up breeding themselves. Yeah. But so, with what? With each other, so just the temperament of a wolf that could that could stand being around humans and fire long enough to get the scraps would have to be a wolf that can tolerate human shenanigans. Yeah, and the temperament of the human also needs to be one that's not afraid of this wolf that's hanging around. So they kind of grew together. So yeah. so these wolves are hanging around humans that they're not attacking them. They're just waiting for them to leave food. Mm. Now their puppies, you know what I mean, are more likely to grow up around humans and be adapted to humans. The ones that aren't run away, the ones that are hang around. So the more chill puppies, the human might grab them and say, oh, look at that, he's not even running. Yeah, and eventually, you know, generations down the road with dogs, it happens pretty quick. Like three generations, you have an actual breed. So let's say... This happens over a, over a course of fifty years. The dogs end up having you know dozens of litters of puppies, dozens of generations of dogs. So you have a very distinct wolf that loves hanging around humans. Yeah, but how did they get the different looking dogs in the mix? Where did they come from? See, it's, it's just, just wolf breeding genetics. And breeding upon from breeding. what though? Breeding like it's, if you only got a wolf to work with. You just you're you're. I, I'm not saying temperament. I'm saying look wise. No, you're just manipulating wolf genetics so you say you have a wolf that has a brown spot on his tail Mm. like let's say it's just in his genetics he's got a weird brown spot on his tail and you exploit that that uh genetic defect i want this brown spot wolf to bone another brown spot wolf yes so then you're still gonna have a wolf you're probably gonna have a wolf with a brown spot on how do you get the dotsons so so let's say a wolf has a little bit shorter nose Mm. or a, a, a centimeter longer of a leg these are all like genetic defects that can be exploited over generations, mm. and and the same the same thing happens with temperament. So could the same thing happens you know, the with, dog, with you know, the color, uh, physical, you know, deformities. Let, let's say mankind evolved in a different way, and they started manipulating chimpanzees. Mm. Imagine what could be out there right now. Like we could have chimps that are like servant chimps that could like talk a little bit and clean the house and shit. Well, Holy you know the, what I mean, the, and they kind of don't look like the the jungle chimps, which is like you know we still don't fuck with them. They could rip your shit off, and we could have like car washer chimps. Well, listen to that this, are like just built like just to wash cars all day and shit. Right? This yeah. is the this is the inevitable conclusion of this argument. You know where this is going. It has to end in only one place, right? It can only end in one place. 
which is why do humans look different? Why are humans able to to breed from all different these different looking well, types of humans? But you know what I mean? This is a very taboo thing in like, oh, yeah. you know, well, society, but why do humans all look different? Why is there different types of humans? Well, there's- are there humans who are better <clears throat> adept at certain activities? Are there humans that are more uh, passive? Are there humans that are more aggressive? Are there humans that are smarter? We want to say in, in uh, you know, a popular liberal type of uh, environment, <clears throat> no, we're all the same. We're all equal. We all have the same potential. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's you got a, it's a you know what though. I'll it's tell you, a touchy subject. I said as genetics is advancing pretty quick now. Archaeogenetics is something I I just kind of like read read about, and they were pulling stuff out, and a lot of people have Neanderthal DNA in them. She could tell by looking at somebody. Well, I'm just saying it's just like so. You ever seen Joe Hardcore? It goes on and on like as they un, unwind it more and more, like. There's your phenotypical expression is what you look like. And then there's the long-term DNA. Fucking, your ingredients. That's the code that's been, been passed on since So some humans that are like Chris, they're good at smart stuff. Some humans are like Joe, they're good at be, being nice to people and stuff. And some humans like me are good at fucking. You heard? See? What's up, ladies? You see? That's selection. How you living out there, babies? <laughs> yeah. It's just some, it's some crazy <laughs> stuff. But yo, if you're interested in the dog thing, there's like, it was a documentary it used to be on YouTube. It was called The Archaeology of Dogs. And there's a book that somebody actually... Dogs were into archaeology too? They were. They were. That somebody traced the domestication like archaeologically. It probably was happened you know, way before that. But when people started burying their animals with them way back, you know, 8,000, 9,000 yeah. years ago, like you see them, they just pop in together. Yo, all think of about it. The dog is pretty like incredible, man. an unbelievable thing, man. It is. Literally man's best friend. Like they say, these dogs, if you're burning in a fire in your house and you're like, I ain't moving, that dog's sitting right next to you and burning with you. It's he might a, try to pull you a little bit. Let's get out of here. Come on. Oh, you're staying, Richie? I'm staying with you, homie. It's the constant companion of mankind. Do. Constant some, companion of Joe's mankind, taking man. Taking some cool pictures for the green. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Dude. And, and you find him early on. Like yeah. people bury them with... In real graves with yeah. offerings, and it's like if they're important parts of early you human society. It's true. You're talking about burying. I always heard that the pharaohs were buried with their servants. Is that true or no? I don't know. I, I, I have you ever heard that? I heard that they would the last dude in, like the, the people who designed it, they'd either get killed or get buried. I heard they're with buried them. with the people that took a care, well, care of them during I life. I don't. I don't. They could. You know, it doesn't. Wouldn't put it by me because yeah. in some places like, you don't know you, much about the Egyptians. I don't stuff? know that. I, I it was something I should have. <clears throat> I probably learned at one point, but I don't. Off the top of my head, I can't. I can't peg it. Thanks you know for nothing, Doctor Mavramatis. Yeah, yeah wow, some doctor. I know. What the I know. fuck, dude? What the fuck? No, don't it, say what school you went to. There's a lot of yeah. bullshit. I, I know. I'm, I'm bringing that stock down. <laughs> don't you say it. <laughs> Chris is a fucking genius. He was talking about something the other day. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's how crazy it was. Yeah, you are very smart. He's a fart smeller. I mean, he's a one I of a kind. Smell farts. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's, it's cool though. But it, check out the YouTube thing. I think it's still on there. It's just called. It's really interesting, man. They just trace it from the beginning, like what you were saying. There was the wolf that wanted was catching food from people, and the people who started selecting the ones who were just hanging out and happy to be around. It's fascinating. Like I the mean, whole, if till you end up with like a dachshund today. If there's a the huge wolf. poll and people say, what animal? Would you want to be with you if you were stranded somewhere? Wouldn't almost everyone say a certain dog? 
I would say overwhelmingly it's going to be dog. I mean, the dog is. You ever see dogs like to help dudes hunt? Oh my god, they're incredible. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Or dogs. Yo, have, those white ones, that, oh, Dogo Argentinos. I don't know. Yo, they hunt. They're bred to hunt uh, wild boar. Yeah. And wild boar can run for hours, and they're like the toughest, baddest animal in the in the wild. They're yeah, they're crazy rough, man. tough. <laughs> and these dogs are trained to hunt. They have. It looks like a pit bull, but they're white. They're all white, and they're pretty big. They're much bigger than a, a regular pit bull. And they're they're bred to run for hours, hours and hours and wow. hours. They could just run, run, run. Like a homie Jacob. Yeah, like Jacob. <clears throat> and uh, they're ultra, ultra running dogs. And so they can run for hours, and they are super aggressive to other animals. Dude. But not to other humans, dogs, oh. and not to humans. Oh, not other dogs. Not other dogs. That's the deal with pit bulls. They usually don't like other dogs. Yeah, no, these are bred to uh, be very aggressive to other animals, but not mm. dogs and not humans. And they have, it's weird. They have. They're also bred to not. Uh, I think they're bred to not kill other animals. Yeah. Just to hold them. Oh wow! So they're very aggressive, but they don't kill them. They just yeah. hold them in place till someone gets there. And uh, that's like a mess. They have like a thing where they won't quit. There's there all these like very like detailed things that they are put into their breeding. That's it's fucking crazy. Yeah, how about your boys that got the the container around the neck of alcohol? Saint sh- Bernards. They yeah. show up in like freezing areas. Saint Bernards, man, that's <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh, I'm they're bred that way. That's imagine nuts. if you're freezing your ass off, you think you're done, and that big dummy comes breathing that's heavy it, with that thing it. around his neck, Yo. pulls you out of there. You're like, damn. Did you see when they have like any of those avalanches? They let the dogs, the rescue dogs, like in earthquakes and stuff, and they have like the little boots on and shit, and they're sniffing people out, just running. They around can smell people under, yeah. under buried Rumble. under snow. <clears throat> Yeah, the dog digging is, them, uh, dig them out. They put a little flag there so that a yeah. team could come. Man, I had some dogs are pretty incredible. I had some smart dogs in my time. Some masters, kings. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! I only, I have one smart yeah. one. A bunch of idiots. Yeah. Well, I would train mine. People didn't like I'd be rough on the suckers, but it was for their own good in the long run. On the deathbed, they all thanked me for it. They put their paw up. Yo, did you guys ever listen respect. to Daniele Bellelli's podcast, History on, History on Fire? No, I heard it's good though. I it's heard really it was good. good but. I just listened to a three a three part one on the uh, on the Aztecs, and he was talking about how when the Spanish came, they had like mastiffs oh. that were trained to fight, and like the Aztecs, they had dogs, but they were just like like Chihuahua kind of dogs. You know what I mean? They didn't have yeah. that. And they used to Spanish would just let the mastiffs rip people apart like you know during the middle of the combat yeah that people had like a psychological effect because i never seen dogs oh, it was like a monster the monsters Ooh, man that's 200 pound like these dudes that coming at you ripping you apart armored like they armor them up and yeah. just ripping people apart you know like, i mean if you already what the, the conquistador dudes yeah they if you already see them and they're covered in armor they look different than anything you've ever seen they didn't see a horse before either. They're on horseback. You don't know if they're part of the horse at first or not. Yeah. Then they're with little saying, man. monsters that are running next to them with fangs. I mean, this is fucking crazy. You know, this is yeah. like uh, you have an alien, literally an alien visitor coming to your home back in those days. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yo, the podcast is, is awesome. Yeah. It's really good. It I, goes, I never listened to him. I heard it's it really cool, man. I've heard interviews with him on other podcasts. Yeah, I like I his accent. Him. He got the coolest accent. Yeah, this, the story, like he, it's like three parts. I think there's, you know, might be one more left, and I think he's doing four. But the first three are out. Yeah, check it out. It's really cool, man. Yeah. Yo, do you think the Spanish were the most brutal nah. of all English con- uh, conquering nations? I think all. I think all Europeans behaved when they went other places. They behaved really on the same Portuguese out of the same playbook. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They're all not pretty, the Italians. They didn't do that to people. They're pretty vicious. 
when Europeans came, you know? Who would you say was the most vicious? I don't know. In, his, in all of history that you're aware of. Who well, out most, of all the ones that the were like col- colonizers, is that what you call Conquerors, them? colonizers. Like you had the British. Right. You had the Portuguese. Spaniards, French, sp- Germans. Well, French and Germans to a lesser Dutch. extent. Those are the three big ones, right? Yeah, that's the ones you would, I think people would English, Portuguese, think Spanish. And Spanish. Like, because still, I mean, you see the influence still to this day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they would, the, what's the expression? The sun never sets on the British Empire at one point. Like, 80, why are, 80% of it was a British possession. Why are people in Cuba speaking Spanish? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the how Spaniards close is too. that to Spain? You yeah, know. they were all over the New World. They were like they, they harps. Why is Brazil speaking Portuguese? Yeah, exactly. You know. So was Africa and South? What was more ravaged, Africa or South America? I think they both got beatings in their own way. He won't commit to any. No, it's, I, I don't. I, I don't know enough about it, but I know like the if you do any kind of if you, anybody Google's like post colonial, the post colonial critique, and you get to see like up until the modern era, let's say how much damage and like how much dysfunction was caused by colonial powers intervening. Yeah. It's crazy. Like these are rich places. Like Africa is fabulously wealthy in minerals, yeah. gold, all kinds of things. And it's just like colonial intervention. Like, you know, it causes a mess wherever it happens to show up. It, it you were still living in that, the legacy of that. Today. Now Americans weren't really colonial type dudes, right? I mean, what did I, we, I, no, Puerto Rico, not in the sense, know. not in the sense of like a direct kind of like, we're going to, conquer you and we're going to build something here we're going to we had a different you. method behind it i would call it i don't know like don't, look I, what we did to japan or germany it's a different it, well you know what it is it's what i would like to call it hegemonic imperialism what's hegemonic mean it means that you're going to have clients you're going to establish people as a client you might beat them but then they become your client or your ally and that's a way that America, and they're going to kind of run their own and, shit but your way but we are all going to be on the just, yeah we're all on the same like side like the Japanese now. and the Germans yeah kind of like that and that's a Roman term that the Romans used to employ this or in the early Hege- part of the empire it's called hegemonic. hegemonic it means that I'm not really I'm there but we're allies you're kind of like a, a, an allied state kind of but we you know we're all kind of moving almost the same there's direction. no appearance of force Yes. You have the illusion of being independent. No, no, not so much in the Roman times, but I think now, yeah. yeah. It's just that I think the United States, you could say, is imperialistic in a hegemonic sense. Now, I'm like, we're going to roll tanks in. We're going to fucking build cities. We're going to p- put colonists there. It's more of a, you, we're going to be on the same thing, political alliances. And the European alliances, style would be like they come in and then they bring their own civilians. Yes. And then their own civilians take the best land. Yes, and then blah blah blah. Okay, Very much, gotcha. so. or you have well, because you could say, "Well, look, America's in the Middle East, but we're short. We're not like colonizing it and sending us there to live." But people would argue, "Yeah, it's not that type of imperialism." But yeah. then you want to take the uh, resources. You want American. Now you could replace, let's say, uh, governments with uh, multinational companies that are tied into mm-hmm. some nation, and it, that that colonizes the economic space. Goes out there. That's what's colonizing. There's a lot of real underhanded evil shit going on. You know what I mean? And so much of it. It's it's always given to you, you know, in a way that oh, it's not. Oh yeah, all those things. That's economic. You have the the economic space is colonized by yeah. Now at a a level that is it's kind of crazy. Now we would see like uh, another place, another group of people might see us American civilians as to blame, but we really don't even know. Like we just. See, there's people who are born with these kinds of brains. What kind of brains? Like, like evil, what you were like saying before, trickery? like certain, yeah. So there's people born into certain types of characteristics. But some people are born with brains 
of conquerors and exploiters. Mm-hmm. And they know how from a, a from childhood, they know how to manipulate and exploit people to get what they want. And I think when those people are are like <sighs> cultivated and those those attributes are like cultivated and exp- and, and you know really yeah. built up, mm. those are some very powerful and evil people. Those are like the kind of people who who run the world. But what is worse, what the early European countries were doing or what America is kind of doing right now? I think I mean, that- I guess it's more comfortable for the people in the American method for the I think that American method is not it, intentionally trying to destroy people, even though it definitely happens. It's definitely well know. when we kind of topple functioning governments with no plan or even interest in going in there later and establishing something. I mean, that's that's very well, that's hurt, pure hurtful, chaos. But I yeah, we don't think that that's ever the the end game. I think the end game is to. The the ultimate goal would be everyone is included in this system and everyone is well, I think, taxed. Well, I think Everybody the American way is like we, as the kind of people that all came to America, a lot of weird, nutty people that weren't happy from their own homes, so it was already a certain mentality to be an American. You have to be mm-hmm. willing to make a strange trip and willing to start over and probably coming from nothing in a lot of cases. So then we come here, we become a real patriotic place, so we accept going somewhere and beating the shit out of somebody, but we don't accept staying there and and like we can't we can't know as civilians that we're staying there, taking their shit and building our own shit. We always say, Oh, we beat them, okay, now leave. It's over now. Well that's the now thing leave. when they say the United States isn't interested in nation building. Yeah. And they'll always point to like <clears throat> European countries were we're interested in that. But the end of the colonial, a lot of those colonial empires, European empires, ended in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example of what it would be like. Let's say you were a dude in India or you know, any place and you were growing cotton, right? But you couldn't make the product in your own country. So the, it would have to be shipped out. It's made into a, a tablecloth, a jacket. So in the uh, colonizing home, you know, home country, then it's sold back to you. So your own raw materials are harvested in and then sold back to you at a profit. Mm-hmm. So you, but you can't really build it yourself. You have access to them, but you can't. There's no way to do anything. There's no refinery here. There's no uh, mill to make clothes here. So you have the raw material. You, you sell it to them for almost nothing, and then they sell it back to you as a finished product. Yeah, and that's kind of like uh, you know the real my really dumb simple simplified down kind of way to colonialism works. You take the raw materials everybody else would normally have at their disposal where they should build themselves a factory and do it themselves. You and you just stop that. You take the raw material, then you sell it back to them. Now, see, the alt-right mentality is that the West is brilliant and the people from the West deserve these type of things and because they bring with them modern technology and culture. And if it wasn't for the West... You would still be doing this. You, I'm just saying that what they oh, yeah, they yeah, preach. Course. But you know what? It's, it's some of that even is in, entrenched in. If you look at environmental history, something I I was interested in, and you look at colonial accounts people <clears> in the Near East. So when the French go start colonizing North Africa again, right? And they say, oh, it's a degraded landscape. 
You get this a lot in the Mediterranean where like English or Germans or anybody else who happened to, they look at the Mediterranean landscape, which is different to its own. It's not like Western Europe. You know, southern Mediterranean. You know where you are when you when you, you know, step off there. an airplane. You could tell you somewhere. You knew different. someplace yeah. different, but a lot of these guys had ideas of forest, and you get the thing of it's a degraded landscape. These guys, uh, let's say the British in Cyprus was fine. They came. They said, "Well, it was mis- uh, the Ottomans who were here before us. Uh, totally didn't run anything correctly here. They abused the local po- and the local population just doesn't know. So we're going to show them the right way how to live in your environment. Mm. You live in England, yeah. which is couldn't be the furthest thing." And a lot of you read some of the accounts, it's a lot of them just not really understanding how to live the best way and take advantage of and maximize the landscape that these people have lived in for yeah. time immemorial. But that's like a colonial kind of attitude. I know better. And you, you put it that I'm doing them a favor. I'm going to send them to school. Yeah, and, that's and how kind of alt-right acts. It's like, and do I'm we doing not you a favor. I'm, no indigenous knowledge. <laughs> Local people, you don't know anything. Let me show you the right way to, even though you're fucking been here for, you know, forever. Right. Let me show you my way. I have a better way. I thought up, and it's half, not. It's just not. Are we you know living right now in the time of the resurgence, the comeback of worldwide fascism? Hmm. You know, I think it, it's on the well. This, from recently, like, don't you American see? History, aren't you, you seeing know. in America where we live, where we're stationed, in the great state of Pennsylvania, the greatest state in this whole fucking country? Right, we love it. But we're seeing apologists for Nazism. Oh, yeah. And we're seeing this weird twist of hatred towards groups like small, tiny groups like Antifa because we think they're linked to communism. So we're going so hard against communism. But while Americans are starting to get this Nazi ideology... Well, you know what? And we, we actually physically fought Nazis. We physically fought Nazis. And don't forget, prior to World War II, the Nazi party was huge in the United States. Yes. I think it's on a comeback. Yeah, even during World War II. Even during huge. World War II. You know, there's a certain... <coughs> even after World War II, you know, it was huge. It appeals to certain people. Like, it, a fascist kind of attitude, that mentality of... It, it appeals. It has a certain appeal to people. It's a, now, how whatever. could you be... And, but no one, if you look at the history of that, you know, there's many, 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 many volumes and much ink has been spilt telling you where that leads you. In every case of what we know from history, it leads you to a certain place. And it's never mm. good. It's yeah. never what you think it's going to be. You're, nothing lasts like No, you it's think. on a comeback. It's, but and, people, and this is the idea is circulating back for sure. I'm seeing fascism on a comeback. Nazi apologists, super right-wing ideologies. Patriot, patriotic bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, we, oh, stand for your fucking flag, flag you know? blah, blah, yeah. blah. Then I'm noticing that, how, how do you put it? Like with the, with the, with the alt-right, with the, the rise of Trump, with the hatred, like the total hatred for the left that you see. But then within our own hardcore punk rock scene, how could anyone have those kind of beliefs? But there are a lot. Yep. And it's crazy. Like this was always almost like an anti-government scene in itself. Now I'm seeing a lot of, I mean, I think it's a, all the right-wingers, are, I think it's, it's an answer and a hatred towards the extreme left. And they, they think that these really extreme left things are way more popular than they are. Like they yeah. try to, there's like fake news everywhere of trying to say, that almost LGBT community supports child molestation. 
and they put up fake articles and fake banners yeah. to say, look, they're trying. And there's so many people falling for this shit. So they're joining what they think is the strength against that. Yeah. And the strength against that is straight up Nazism, fascism. You know what it is? It, it and looks- if you call them a Nazi, they, they lose their minds. Yeah. But then when they're losing their mind off fictional Antifa for breaking a Starbucks window in Seattle and they live in South Jersey and you're like, what the fuck is wrong? Why do you even, why are you sweating this? Like, that's not real shit. It's, listen, America, unfortunately, has a very limited historical memory. Very. You know why? And it's Check inc- this out. And it's incredible, but it's, you can't, people just don't have a fucking historical memory and they can't contextualize things in the sense of looking at other places and seeing and seeing those kinds of co- uh, connections, you know, like it, it's lost in a nine out of ten times. Well, let like me tell you about historical memory. Weird to me. We all we love these stats to say, look at what's going on in country X. Refugees are committing crimes. Immigrants are committing crimes. And who's saying it? And who's scared of it? Well, nationalities in America: Irish Americans, Italian Americans, German Americans. At one time. Your refugees were the number one guys committing crime. Oh yeah, when they were here first. All refu- all new poor people are going to be the high crime committers. All you gotta do is cr- that's not, all, and not even that. It's in the popular imagination. Like, why don't you know that? Yes, the, the, their early time here is going to be crime ridden for some people. By two generations, it's going to be fine. It always levels itself out. The earliest immigrants always well, end listen, up committing crime. I'll give you a good study on this, man. Somebody did a. a, a a political and a social geography looking at where Chinatowns out west and they said oh they're dens of filth they're dens of uh, this that you know it's all these undesirables go to the Chinatown and then the guy mm-hmm. went in and he looked at started studying city ordinances of where things were being put and guess what all the undesirable things that happened in the city district into Chinatowns so prostitution gambling everybody turns a blind eye when it's there alcohol all over there but not only that, I'm saying that's well, that's there's huge some reason, but, there's, but then there's also there's just poor people at first. There's always poor people at first, yeah. and, no, and no one realizes everybody who's the, who's the poorest on the block is the one who's going to get like as, gets that treatment. As do Italians, you know I mean? like, do we know that early Italians were looked at as criminals? We were villainized. We oh were, yeah, of course. I mean, we know course. that. You and know. then what happened? Well, within a generation or two, they're politicians, they're regular people working, they're now assimilated, and. Early, all the early immigrants are in a position where crime might be an easier way. They're all, there's not a, a bad group or a good group. They almost, they all go through it. Early Jewish immigrants were criminals, a lot, not criminals, but had a high, you know, percentage of, yeah, of, of criminality. It, it just, it's just, they're moving to the low income areas. They have nothing. There's going to be some young immigrants to get into crime. So now, in Europe, early when we were going to Europe, what did we notice? We notice that when we're in Europe, we don't see anybody but those kind of people. Like here in America, you see a Chinese guy, a brother, whoever. It's like a mix. But in Europe years ago when we used to go early on, if we were in Italy, you only saw Italians. Yeah. When we were in Germany, you only saw Germans. Now we're going and we're seeing actual uh, minorities. They have their own minorities now, and they're losing their minds over it. Because, what? Well, well, oh, these minorities are committing crime. They have... They have no money. They're coming in from a war-torn place. Yeah, they're, it's going to be like that for a little while. And then they're going to be, you know, they're going to come right into society. They're going to blend in, do their thing. And there's going to be a new group of immigrants that are going to be in a bad position where some might so turn to true. crime. That's just how it is. 
Imagine years ago, I mean, in America here, he wanted to have a ban on Muslims. All right. Now, if we really look at Muslims causing crime in America, I bet it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, now, if we go not, back to the 30s crazy, and 40s and think. we say, okay, how are Italians committing crime in America? I bet it would, the percentage would be a lot higher than mu- or current organized Muslims. crime. Yeah. Yes. The curb, and imagine having a band on Italians to come in America. People, you'd lose your mind because you'd be like, no, wait, those, that's the mafia. They're not, they don't represent us. They're, well, it's, that, use your head. Like, see what it's all about. We could, we could make, we could villainize any group if we want. You know, we could, yeah. it's easy to do. And to, listen, and one like the same with the thing with the Chinatown, once other people are like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about these people and put everything in there, zone it there, stick it there. And then it becomes, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And it's, then it becomes an easy talking point. No. It's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? There is, you can't get away at some level that there is always going to be an institutional element behind, yeah. behind things. Now the real travesty. Which is crazy, you know? The real travesty, the real disaster is what they do to the blacks because they never get out of those social situations. They never get the opportunity. As individuals, people right now could be rolling their eyes. Oh, shit. I'm talking about as a group, as a place. If their neighborhoods become desirable, they're put in a position where they can't stay there anymore. Gentrification. They have no banks of their own. If a Korean opens a deli in their neighborhood, the Korean puts his money in the Korean bank not in a blank, a black-owned community bank where now the black person could go and apply for a loan who lives in that community. There's no banks in that community, and it's definitely not black-owned, so they can never get a real loan. I'm saying, you know, there, of course, there's people that, that get yeah, through. Of course. I'm but, just saying you know, we're as a community. In, in generalities and communities. Their yeah, communities are always, up to this day, they're preyed upon, they're pushed to the side, and they're really marginalization it's, it's crazy and it's still going on and it's the the sad thing is that there's been like uh up surges in black communities yeah. for years and it always gets squashed down and then pushed under the rug so you don't hear about it but there's always like you know there's a lot of people who are very woke you know yeah very aware of this and and trying to uh i i think i'm aware of it but i have no idea what you could do about it i think what people but at least you could acknowledge it and not act like it's not happening right and there's a lot of like community leaders though who who are very outspoken about this there's a guy um his name is jay morrison Mm. and he's he he actually sets up on street corners all over New York, Chicago, he goes to like uh, just whatever urban uh, black areas, and he sets up on a street corner with a, a big um, what do you call the thing you put the the easel on with the you know your notes and shit? Yeah. What's that called? A little podium, like, or like a, uh, yeah, I, I, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. So exactly he he sets about. up a display and he has gathers an audience, uh, the yeah. audience of uh, people, you know, pedestrians, and he starts doing a presentation on on how to buy cheap real estate. In your mm. community, in your own community, how to put your and money together kind and of... buy real estate and start to like invest in where you live in, and um, he's turning a lot of heads. <clears throat> Jay Morrison, you can follow him on uh, on Instagram. I know he's got a Facebook page. Very smart guy, and he's like a a black leader, but he's like an entrepreneur black leader who came similar to a lot of stories. The, the easy way to get money if you grow up in the hood is selling drugs. Yeah. It's very easy. It's very like, 
it's almost a no-brainer, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, well, I guess I have to, this is like the, this is what we do here. And um, so he grew up that way, went to prison. You know, he's got he's got a similar story to a lot of people. So he's re- a relatable guy. And he figured out a way to invest in real estate with the money that he had. He put it into his community and he keeps flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. And he's trying to like, Pass that knowledge on to other people for free, which yeah. is, is pretty cool. But the, he he's not you. He's not the only one who's doing it. There's other people trying to like raise awareness in black communities of like you're getting <clears throat> you're getting fucked. Now they, they have a lot of good leaders, but they have none of those leaders are on television. Only black leaders on television are phony frauds, Al Sharptons that somehow never pay their tax millions. Al Capone didn't pay tax one time. He's in a clink the rest of his life. Sharpton, he, he, he's a false accuser. He's a phony. He, he, he makes money off the game. Yeah, he's a character. He's yeah. a TV uh, the a real dudes, TV Yeah, the real dudes never get play on TV. But there's, there's issues. And, I mean, there's literal things that are roadblocks set up in those communities, really fucking the people over. And... I might get in trouble for this, but the people aren't helping themselves either in a lot of those places. And I, I people are going to go crazy. Hip-hop culture has taken the black community back decades, in my opinion. It is so negative and I love it. Like, I love the music, but it is so negative and crazy. It started a, a, an army of drug-dealing worshipers. They glorified the drug dealer in hip-hop music 100% of the time. They glorified the murderer in hip-hop music. If you, you ain't willing, if you ain't about this murder game, pussy, shut up. Oh, shit. And people love it. And they say it, that hip-hop did not do any favors to the black community. Now, there's conspiracy theorists that say it's intentional. And I don't know if I could go along with that. But I really don't know the facts. But I just know that it was good-ass music. But if you're a little kid and you don't have much going on, it's more than music. Now it's a blueprint, and it's it's, it's negative. Well, we kind of hundred percent negative. We had a, the luxury of growing up from we didn't grow up in drug dealing families. No. So when we listen to that music, yeah, even though and you for, knew people who were doing it and you could see in your neighborhoods people who were involved in that stuff but we kind of saw it as more more of entertainment instead of yeah. like a life lesson yeah. you know we no, saw it's, more of yo, entertainment it's glorified it's glorified and it's and if you look at statistics coinciding with the rise of let's say what they want to call gangster rap i mean things took a a bad turn in a lot of those communities here's, that's not the only thing like i said there are government obstacles in the way of making a lot of the, giving the opportunity of these communities to thrive. Right. Ma- matter of fact, making it impossible for some to thrive. Uh, just throwing all your police force in these uh, stop and frisk here, here, here. Any white neighborhoods? No. Okay, why are all these black dudes getting caught with weed? White dudes smoke weed just as much. Well, they're not just getting randomly pulled over and checked. So, of course, the statistics are going to be so high and crazy here. But it's going to justify our funding to keep going into those neighborhoods and hire more cops, blah, blah, blah. that's when you say, when people say, yo, there's systemic issues that perpetuate these kinds of inequalities in society. And then it's not the only one. And they become more grievous as you go throughout different parts of the system. You know what I mean? 
I'm going to tell you what I think is the biggest problem in black communities. There's not enough punk rock influence. Straight up. Punk rock says fuck you to everybody. You don't know. I know. I've been here. I'm doing it. Where are you? What else? And also the the systematic elimination of family structure. Yeah. Without a papa, things are rough. So I know a lot of people I know a lot of really great single moms and I know a lot of great single fathers. Mm-hmm. But there's a dynamic in a family. Uh, there's a dynamic for a child being able to bounce every single day, bounce your ideas off of the two different perspectives of a mother and a father that yeah. brings balance to yeah. the child when he when, when he or she uh, reaches adulthood you you need that constant back and forth dynamic of being able to learn every single day from both a mother and a father i'm sure it helps and without it you grow up m- m- imbalanced that's what mm-hmm. it is it's imbalanced yeah and we all know those people that we, we everybody listening i'm sure he knows these people or you may might be these people and um so there's you got like prison industrial complex military industrial complex in this country there's a welfare industrial complex Mm -hmm. and it makes it so easy it it almost encourages to uh, uh young black women to be single moms and you get rewarded for having more children almost you get rewarded you in a way you could call it a reward but what it's not a re- it's yeah. not a reward in the sense of like you're thriving and you're doing great but we know that mentality exists with this some people. mentality exists yeah. and and if you grow up into it and it's daily life yeah but then what is the option as a society if we want to take care of our the kids in our society the society what is the option the to so- not give you know, to to not give these programs. To- no, no, no. That's not the. That's not the. The answer is to to just cut people off. But the answer, unfortunately, is that people who have comfortable lives need to give more of themselves to people without. And and by give of themselves, I don't mean money. I mean time, and I mean wisdom, and I mean knowledge and structure and people. It's it's almost like you need to. We were talking about this an episode or two ago about like Big Brother programs mm-hmm. and and um, adopting kids and and uh, fostering kids and stuff like that. That's that's ultimately what needs to happen. So imagine there was like you have a thriving black community next to a dilapidated, decaying black community, mm-hmm. and you could take some of these children from the decaying community and bring them into the the thriving community just so they get a glimpse and a taste of a different type of mentality a different type of structure yeah from somebody that looks like you i mean let's go back to the hip-hop music and do they not glorify the baby mama drama and the whole they do it's it's an it's an epidemic and but it's it's a way of life it's it's 
a f- they turned it into a fun, cool thing somehow. Yo, it's I'm cra- guilty I know I might get I, it. Attacked. I listen to Chris it. Chris is looking at me like he wants to kill me because he's I'm a left wing dude. But I'm guilty as hell because I love that music. Yes, man. yes. I've I, loved hip hop since the first song yeah. I ever heard. I love it. As dirty, the dirtiest, nastiest, most evil shit. I listen to it and I yeah. think it's great. But Thurston I'm Howell. listening to it from Thurston Howell. I'm like a family man, you know what I mean? Like I, I can separate. I can separate. Yeah, sure. But you you understand the the kid without the family structure listening to this. That's his family. That's his family. This becomes the role model. The neighborhood becomes the 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 gang and the group and the person, the people he goes to when he needs guidance. And what is their blueprint for guidance? It's a drug dealing song. It's baby mama drama. It's It's ruthlessness. It's yeah. ruthlessness. It's coldness towards your your fellow man. Towards it's women. Th- don't forgive. Yeah, treat women like shit because that's all they are. It's uh, treat men like shit because that's all they are. Yeah. It's it's just like this this evil like sociopathic type of uh, mentality. But you know what? Well, I think a lot of it is you're seeing a symptom of something that goes well beyond it. That well goes beyond anything like that. You know what I'm saying? We, you're, we, I think we see symptoms in different kinds of communities of these things. But I think behind that, at the next level, you know, as we see those manifestations coming out and creeping out and causing havoc and destruction, you know, the, those the, the, we're seeing the symptoms of larger economic disparities. Sure. And economic, and where people have no access to pull the levers of economic power. But like Earth, marginalized groups, do you know what I mean? Where people they don't care about your voice because you don't have the economic clout, and you're marginalized to begin with. So someone is always making the decisions for you or around that, you that affect your you and your family for generations. Yeah. someone else it's, is always making those choices for you. It's around you. Even if you think that within, you could even go with like whatever neighborhood you think you have it, but there's always another structure above that. Where that's gonna have a, a vast impact, where you almost, you might not even be not even aware of the levers, the praxis, the circuits that are firing off, that are keeping the position it is. You know, you can only see a certain amount of it. It's just beyond the horizon. Let me ask you this: Earlier, you know? I said some people think that the rise of the popularity of hip hop music <clears throat> is some sort of intentional conspiracy theory. Now, how do we explain? A music with such degrading, filthy lyrics, openly racist against white people, completely sexist towards women. How has it become okay that you take the people that say these rhymes and you turn them into the ice cubes and you turn them into the Snoop Dogg? Well, I guess you could say that it's either artistic license. People are commenting, but, making social commentaries on what they're seeing. I mean, is it really a social? Like they always say that we're just telling you what's going on. In the No, you're not just telling us. You're glorifying it. You're putting it up on a pedestal. You're saying this is how you be a man. But how could like that? No one would tolerate those lyrics or those ideas in any other form of music, especially now, homophobic lyrics are going to be on the top of the charts? How is that possible nowadays when you can't say anything? But in rap music, it's okay somehow. Is it intentional that they're allowing this super negative music to stay so popular, to stay so mainstream and easily accessible? I know what you're saying because you could squash it 
Just like they squash they everything squash they seem to want. They don't like a yeah. comedian that barely says a word will get squashed. And meanwhile, Snoop Dogg's latest record, he's talking about killing a homo, but it's okay. He's going to be on the Tonight Show tonight, and he's going to make us laugh. It's cool. It's all right. That's just. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy theory, but I'm saying somehow this shit is getting through the cracks and it's not being policed I don't, I don't, like other other yeah, forms of I don't art think would be. It, I don't think it's anything through the cracks. I think these are conscious at another level of you know an industry where there's money to be made. I think there are certain people who see that see a niche, they're going to fill it, and they're going to pump it out, and they're going to ride it out until well, you there's know no more dollars to drain. I would agree. It's going to go on until there's no more dollars to drain. I would drain. agree, but those big record labels that used to make money off them aren't anymore. They're making the money directly for themselves. They got their own labels. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't believe your statement there. Well, it's not like this big, this well, big white old not, guy. No, with I don't. Hair I don't mean it like that. Good. I don't mean it like that. I don't mean just the white guy. I mean, as long as there's money, that money train is going. These yeah, people, but the money train is going is going to Master P. It's and going to those. But I'm saying, but he's making money. So yeah, he's if, making money. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not saying that there's someone above the. As in, uh, there's an industry kind of thing. So you don't think there's any chance. That of a devious plan to keep I, I don't that think, music. I think in as them. long as people who are making music or involved with music see uh, something where they can fucking just make money until it's over, I think that's. I think greed at that level, when you're in that thing, it's you're just worried about lying. But own Andrew Dice Clay could be banned for MTV for life somehow. He was making plenty of money. He was. Yeah. Uh, you know. But I don't know. I think that it's, well, it depends on the people who reacts against it. If no, if everybody's silent about it. Yeah. Then there's no there's no economic drive behind it. You could stifle him pretty easily. You know what I'm saying to one person. Well, there was no there was no like really drive against Andrew Dice Clay. They just said delete. You're not being heard here. You're not coming on this this news yeah. station. You're not coming on. MTV. I don't I don't know the. It seems like a random process almost. But I think that yeah. when there's so much money, it, I think it's. I'm not saying there's the, money tied up beyond him. Like there's big people have you know better fish to fry. Mm-hmm. I guess is a good way to say it. As callous as that is, I think, yeah, people like, you know, one guy you can just snuff out, but with there's millions and millions upon millions, tens of millions and hundreds of millions to be made, no. I think people just are willing to just turn a fucking blind eye for whatever, man. Now let's bring this back. So we can't stifle the hip-hop artists that are making these sexist, homophobic, violent songs and corrupting and poisoning the youth, but we can silence two African-American ladies on Facebook who enjoyed Donald Trump and we could delete their program. They never said anything violent, anything racist. They just praised Donald Trump and they get pulled off Facebook. You know I don't like that right-wing bullshit, but I'm just calling it like I see it. Facebook, social media, is obviously anti-right-wing to the point where they censor it somehow. But somehow beheadings could sneak into my feed and I could watch those, but I can't watch these uh, these two nice older women praise Donald Trump. What the fuck is going on, man? Well, I think it, you know, <clears throat> if you were sinister. I could see Takashi 59 dancing around on my computer screen every five minutes talking about killing people and beefing, but I can't see these two black ladies talking nice about Donald Trump. What the fuck, Chris? I don't know. Come on. Well, listen. I could, you, if you wanted to be conspiratorial about it, you could say, well, if it, you know, it's a platform that you know manipulates people's perceptions. 
So you could say, you know, what do I want the outrage to be today? And I want, I want beheadings to come out. I want people to see that. You know what I mean? You could say there's something behind it. What I, what do I, what, well, what, the, where's what, the outrage going to be today? But what the outrage has become it, to the right wing is these women being pulled yeah. off of Facebook. Right. I'm saying it's, but so they could pull them out and, you know, I don't know. And don't get me wrong. I would smack the shit out of Donald Trump if I had a chance. I don't like that sucker. I'm just calling the bullshit like I see it. Yeah. And since we're here and we're talking, we might as well. We started talking about dogs, Joey Ramone, now hip hop. Now let's talk about the recent bombing of Syria. Yeah, it's crazy. A week ago, Donald J. Goofball Clown Trump goes on TV and says, I'm going to withdraw troops from Syria. A week later, he's sending bombs to Syria and escalating the whole conflict. What the fuck is wrong with this fucking guy? Now people say, oh, he's bombing. Assad is bombing his own people, chemical bombing his own people. All right, maybe he is. I, I, we don't know for sure. Rich, how are you going to say you don't know for sure? You got no heart. These little kids dying. Okay, well, I was pretty sure there were weapons of mass destruction that led us into a 16-year war, and it turned out that was fake. So is it possible that this is not real too? Let's think of it like that. Where's the proof? Show us something. Because I saw a congressman on TV who was part of the national committee who the, the Congress got a head up about this. And the guy said, were you shown any evidence? And he said, no. The guy, he, he said no. So if he didn't see this shit, you know we didn't see it. So how are we just blindly going to say, okay, our government always tells us the truth. Yeah, go in there and uh, you know lob some bombs that are going to cost us almost a trillion dollars at the end of the day. And uh, we'll see what happens. Of course I'm skeptical. Of course. What's the deal? Oh, I'm skeptical of it too. You, you Do know? you think Assad did a chemical attack? I wouldn't people? put it by Assad because, you know, he's the kind of dude who's going to hold but why on. why would he do that? So why would he bomb civilians he, during a he, conflict with ISIS? I think he bomb civilians or anyone if, it's a, if he thinks the territory is being held by a, a potential enemy and they, they're being used or they're giving aid and comfort to his enemies, that's his enemy. That's a guy who's going to... There's some people who will maintain power their own personal they want to maintain that authority at any expense so he's he, one of those dudes would he know that this would bring in the west and he wouldn't care uh why I, not just drop conventional weapons on these well people? he well he is no, a notorious barrel bomber which i would think that you might die quicker you know what i mean from a chemical agent than getting hit with a barrel bomb and being ripped into you know chopped meat so he's a notorious guy. Like, they'll just use whatever happens to be at their disposal he's used it in the past well they talked about sarin gas yeah, it's 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 they're all vicious, and but he, and and he, the only the only they, uh, they caught him before, I think. Like he's you know has he has the stocks. There's three ingredients to to make sarin gas, and they're all all of them were purchased from Great Britain. Yeah, it's crazy. And then now the British come in and say, "Why, why are you using the shit that you're buying off of us?" I mean, what the fuck is going on? I mean, there's been stuff since World War One. You know, like you shouldn't really <clears throat> act. That. He's just a I'm crazy just saying, guy. I, I mean, I, it I'm, might be. Do you know, I wouldn't put it by him. Like, he doesn't have a, he has a bad track record of holding on to power any, any means necessary. And that just could open him up for someone else to say, you know what's believable? What's in the realm of his possibility? What's in the scope of his actions? Do this and you can peg it on him. So, you know, you can't never be 100% sure. Yeah. But it's definitely, they paint, he has enough of his own track record where someone could slip that the fuck in and it wouldn't, you'd be like, well, do, seems, do you find it odd though that the mainstream left and right 
both are enjoying this bombing, though, and praising Trump for his his presidential. Yeah, you know what? Is it? They, they, they're they're wrapping themselves with the humanitarian. He's being he's humanitarian. You see, we're not going to let them get bombed, but yeah, you know, okay, maybe. You know, you don't want to see people get gassed, obviously. No. You know no. what I'm saying? No one wants to see people get gassed. But then, then okay, so you don't want to see them but get gassed, I, you know, but you don't it. want them to let them in here during war in their country. It doesn't make... So it, what, which one is it? Nothing makes... It, I, it yeah, doesn't nothing make sense. All right, you got chaotic. a war over there. Little kids are dying in your war. No, you can't come here, little kids. You Sorry. know what kind of... Uh, oh, you're getting gassed now? Oh, we're going to bomb. Oh, my God. What's the fucking difference? Yo, it's what? a war going on. You're leaving them there. You're not allowing them to come in. Now you're acting like a hero because you sent more bombs? Just devast- created more destruction devastation. And think about the reprisal when you do strike. No, you think him. about the reprisal. And what is he going to do then, in, you know, in, in turn? Like, yo, this is crazy. I don't mean even even to us. I mean to the people who are still stuck there with this dude. Yeah. So oh, you think the Americans are going to save you? <laughs> Not he, only that. He this, can adapt the mentality. Oh, you think the, the Westerners are going to save you? Yo, oh, this, no this Trump you. pussy. He wanted, to, he wanted to drop a bomb. That's what he wanted to yeah. do. He this, wants to show that he's tough. This Trump he pussy. To bomb somebody. Gave the Russians a head up. He said, we're going to bomb these guys. Uh, so if you got any cool shit you want or you do, just move them out. Okay, cool. Then the Russians tell the Syrians, oh, listen. Well, they kind of telegraphed uh, it, didn't he, on Twitter? Totally. Uh, oh, by the way, America's going to bomb you. Oh, where are they going to bomb? This place, this place. Okay, we're going to move our shit. Okay, thanks. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, we're so tough. Wow, missiles, yeah. And all these fucking weirdos at home are cheering it on. Yeah, this is just crazy. a waste of money. Like, if we want to go in there and level the fucking place and take it for our own, that's one thing. But we don't do that shit. Yo, it's so this fireworks. is bullshit. Whether people got chemically attacked or not, it's nothing. We did nothing. No, you yeah. didn't. You, and, it's, and the, the, it's all about the illusion you did something. It's the fireworks. See, I did something. That, that's it. All it is. He don't give a fucking rat's yeah. ass about He just gave a budget that gives $700 billion to the military this year. Another over $700 billion next year. So they want to use their shit. But Flint, Michigan costs fifty-five million to replace those pipes. Forget you about it. it. You're on your own. Can't do that. Oh, one of these, uh, one of these Scud missiles cost uh, uh, one point seven million. Well, let's launch thirty of them today. Fuck it. Let's have a good time. That's America first. You fucking traitor. Listen, before I get riled up, we got Donald Trump. He's got all this shit going on. Women saying he's paying them off not to say that they fucked each other. He got his guy, his lawyer, is getting his house fucking hidden by the by the FBI. They got raided. Well, Erwin Ray shit, apparently. Is he going to go down for anything? Is there something going on here? Or is it a witch hunt like he says? There are people they've been trying since before the... the Fucking election. Well, let me remind you. Been trying to get him Watergate investigation lasted over two years. <clears throat> it did. True. The wheels of justice turn slowly. Turn slowly, my friend. But you know what it is though? With him, it's just that he has a lot of fucking baggage. And when you're a private Joe citizen, you could get away with a lot of shady shit. When you're just, I'm just Joe Donald Trump, real estate developer, kind of shady kind of businessman. It's no problem. When you become a politician. Now it does become a problem because all those potential shady dealings and now somebody else now has leverage on you. They have something on you. And if you want to just behave in kind of an unethical way, you want to go to that line, you want to maybe dip a toe over there, over that line into that pool, you could have problems. And he creates a lot of his own problems with incompetent lawyers, weird setups. So you think he could get pinched at some point? I think at some point people are going to start to get pinched. His lawyer, he got to face a lot of fucking problems. I'm talking about Donald Trump. Did he put enough of a a barrier between him and 
these shady dealings. He's he never is like the one you know. Well, you don't know. So did he put enough of a barrier between him if he and was, the shady dealings? If he was to, smart. To be safe? Yeah, he would have insulation, and all the people are gonna get 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 smashed out before it touches them. But you don't know. Who knows? You just don't know how much he knows at any one point. And there's the question. Already he said a few things in the dossier might be coming true now. My lawyer was never in a Prague meeting to Russians. Now they know they, it was confirmed by another thing. This guy was there doing the same thing. So some things that are really have a real bad look are starting to come are bearing fruit. Now if they raid the guy's records and his, you know, and he was involved with some other stuff. They got him with taxicab medallions and all the kinds of weird fucking involvements that they went after him at, like you know, all the shady shit. You don't know what you're gonna. You don't know what you're gonna find. You know what I'm saying? You just don't know. Like Stormy Daniels, did he sign? Did he not? Or what about the other women? Other accusations, a lot of shits flying around. You can't make a shit storm like that and expect to come away unscathed. I think I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think other people are going to. I think it's a shakeup. To they might get pinched. Did I tell you about the little beef file I had on on Facebook? Yeah, you should uh, alert the people because (laughs) I think the public should know this just in case. Just in case they end up dead. Yeah. All right, I got a lot of right wingers around my shit all the time, and I'm always noticing their shit. So this one dude puts up. A picture of that fucking weirdo creep Ted Nugent and is like, support Ted Nugent because he drives liberals batshit or something. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Draft dodging Ted. So I said, yo, this guy's a pedophile straight up. Uh, Why would you want anybody to support him? And the dude goes bananas. He goes fucking. And I know this dude from like high school, but not really good. But he turned into like a religious fanatic kind of dude and a right wing guy. He's like supposed to be a Christian, but he's very angry and violent. So he starts insulting me. Fucking. But oh, he don't curse. You chump, idiot, buffoon, you know, reject, you know, like shit because he can't reject. curse. Reject. Wow, like that's a, old school. A wow. Christian. He's getting you from so the I said, yo, yeah, that's I said, old. yo, what's wrong with you, bro? I'm just saying that this dude is a pedophile. Like he's on, he's on tape. Like check the VH1 episode. Like he. Uh, he became the legal guardian of a 17-year-old so he could have her in the house and fuck her. Like, it's on record. I like, think she was 14, bro. 17. When started. 17 when so they got it, married? I don't I don't know if they ever got married. He became her legal guardian yeah, so they could live crazy. together. And it's on record. They got interviews with the broad, interviews with him. He's like, my weakness was girls, you know. He's such a fucking fruit, that guy. I would love to sm- take his long hair and wrap it in a... F- anyway... So I'm like, yo, chill. I'm like, this is the own, his own words. I thought you were a Christian dude. Why are you, like, you willing to sell your soul for a bowl of beans? Because you know that's some Christian shit. And he went on again. You idiot. You, you're so unintelligent. You're stupid. Blah, blah. I said, you know what? You'd never say, say that shit to me in the street. You just wouldn't. You're talking big on Facebook. I'm not insulting you. I'm just saying you're putting up a picture of a child molester and asking for people to support him. Like, I don't get it. He's like, this is about the Second Amendment. You don't. I'm like, I don't see the Second Amendment anywhere in your meme. You're showing a picture of this long haired goofball saying support him. And I'm telling you, he's a child molester. You're going you're going at him. And then I, I wasn't threatening, but I was saying, yo, I would smack the shit out of you if you were talking like this in real life. Like you're just being a, a chump. So then he starts private messaging me. He's like, if I see you, if I ever see you by chance and I feel the slightest threatened, you're done. I'm telling you, you're done. You'll never see the light of day. If you see me and you give me the wrong look and you make me feel threatened, you're done. I already alerted the people I need to alert that you're. Th-. I'm like, 
Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, yo, nobody cares about you. I was like, what the fuck are you going to do? You're just a bitch. I was like, if you see me around and do what you got to do. But I had to let these dudes know because these are the type of people that they're such pussies. They're such cowards. When they're cornered, they don't put their hands up and brawl. They're going to pull out their legally owned 45 and shoot you because I felt threatened for my life. You know, they're, they got the pussy cop mentality. Oh they're, oh, they're walking around in fear at all times with their fucking guns. And they're ready to shoot anyone. As a matter of fact, they want to set traps just so they could test their, their pussies. Like, he's not going to. So I, I thought, all right, it's a chance that this motherfucker might hit, give me the heat. People are fucking nuts. It's crazy, man. Yeah. People are nuts, man. And I there's know. such. There's like, a, it's a pussy, and there's also like a mental illness edge to it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think he was he was like looking into shit as he was like calling me names, and he was realizing, oh, this guy really said that shit. And then I just put up a video clip of the motherfucker saying the shit. Like, yo, you're the Christian. You're telling people, the random people, just to support this guy because he makes people you don't like mad. But are you aware that this guy is basically a pedophile? Oh, you weren't? He should have been like, oh, shit, for real? Because some people do say that. And like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know that shit. That's fucking crazy. Never mind the draft dodging and all that bullshit. But I just figured I'd, you know, give him this angle. But, yo, people are making heroes out of Ted Nugent nowadays. <laughs> of all people. Yeah, that A guy. guy that said the N-word in front of Mad Joe. Oof. He did. Broke my fucking heart. Fucking For Nugent. people that don't know out there, Mad Joe went to a Ted Nugent concert. I don't know why you would go to some hillbilly shit like that. Well, listen. You might as well have went me, to the uh, WWE thing. Oh, you did. My bad. I want to explain myself. First well, of all, did you? I, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know Courtney Love claims that she gave Ted Nugent oral sex when she was 12? What? Yeah. Courtney Love wow, has said you many fucking times. Ted Nugent, you piece of shit! You she, NRA sucker! <laughs> That's the truth. Well, Courtney Love says it's the truth, so I don't know. She's kind of wacky herself. But listen, I... Uh, I love rock and roll since I was a little kid. Love it. And there's a song. Pat Benatar. Ted Nugent song called Stranglehold. All right song. Love that song. It's all right. I love that song. I all always right, love yeah, that if song. If you like it, you like it. So I never liked that bitch ass. Dude that I work with me. asked me if I want to go see Ted Nugent. She said, no, fuck Ted Nugent. You go yourself, you weirdo. And this is, um, I, this is probably 2004. Okay. 2004. Yeah, whatever. 2003, 2004. And uh, I really wanted to see Stranglehold live. I don't really know much other Ted Nugent songs. I just wanted to see that one song. That in one particular. song. I was so excited. So we get uh, we go up to Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Beautiful place. Beautiful uh, concert hall. And Ted Nugent is doing all his goofy hillbilly shit. He comes out with like... He's wearing like uh, an Indian headdress, you know, like big feathered headdress down to the floor, no oh, shirt, swinging around clown. like a moron. The, he had a, uh, a uh, Osama bin Laden effigy hanging from the, the rafters. <laughs> and he stood on one side of the stage with a bow and arrow, and he shot three arrows right into the chest. Of he is pretty good at that Obama, shit. Of, uh, Obama, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. He shot three arrows right into Osama bin Laden's chest. And the place went crazy. Yeah, goddamn, that's right. That's what we would do to that motherfucker. Yo, yo, the set, the whole stage was just. It was just guns. Yeah, it was guns everywhere. Fucking, it just had gun laying here, gun laying there, and you could hear people like, "I bet they're loaded." I'll bet, I'll bet you twenty bucks. I bet they're loaded in case any Taliban tries to show up here. He'll have their way with him, Dale. 
So I'm you like, dumb fucking hillbillies. I definitely was feeling very out of place. I'm like, oh shit, man, this better yeah. be fucking good. Yeah. Yo, the guys. You trying to learn how to tap dance quick just to get out of there? <laughs> oh. I'm going to oh tap dance God. my way right out of here, sir. The dude is a guitar prodigy. Yeah, he's all right. He's ridiculous. He's playing. He played basically an hour and a half. I ain't giving his ass no props. Guitar lead while he's talking, talking shit to everybody, singing. Just like he, he's he's really fucking good. He guitar plays one player. scale, right, Chris? One scale, you guys. The blue scale. <laughs> so I hear him. Uh, he plays like the opening lick of Stranglehold and stops. And the place is like, ah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, I got to warn you if your ears. Uh, you could say this, your brother. I could say it, but it's going to hurt. It hurts it me to say hurt. it. It does. It fucking hurt, hurts. Man, it fucking really hurts. does. And it's this really right. happened. This is not bullshit. This really happened to me. We're gonna have to give them. We're gonna have to give them the warning. Yeah, we got to do the All trigger right, warning. The warning, warning. This is a post America podcast warning. Please brace yourself for potentially offensive language or a sad story. All right. All right. So. He plays the opening lick of Stranglehold and stops, and everybody cheers. And he's like, are you feeling good out there tonight? Yeah! I said, are you feeling good out there tonight? Ow! Motherfucking right, Ted. Then get out of your chair and dance like a bunch of niggers. Oh, my God. Ooh. Jesus H. Christ. And even in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, in a crowd of hillbillies, the cheer was a little. <laughs> you could hear people clapping, and you could hear like, "Did he say what? Did he just say that? Did he say go figure? Yeah. <laughs> so if you could Did see he say he wants to eat a around. Snicker? Now I'm looking around, and I'm like, "Fuck!" The entire audience just turned and, and looked at, at you? me. I, I felt like I was in the dead center they were like, of I, the room. I did recollect seeing one young brother yeah, here tonight. Where he at now? Is he working the fryer? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I he must be security. Like every eye in the room was on me. That's cold. And then he plays Stranglehold. You Ted Nugent, motherfucker, I would have smashed you. He plays Stranglehold. Right and that was then. the song you ain't and enjoying. That was the that one song I wanted to hear. And I, I told told the story a few times before, and people are like, "Oh, did he play Cat Scratch Fever?" I'm like, wow. I don't fucking care about Cat Yo, Scratch. Let Fever. me ask you to do your way. What he act like? He was like, "Do you want to leave?" And I was like, I do, but I kind of like, I don't know what to do. Like, if I leave, yeah. you know, then I have to walk Who out. was it? Going I have to do a walk of shame in front of everybody. He's like, fuck, I don't know what to do, man. Like, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Should I go fucking fight Ted Nugent? I don't know. What am I supposed to do? He's, uh, his name's Rick Lavallo. He's a good dude. I worked with him for quite a few years. Was it like a sad car ride home? Oh, dude. It was a sad. <laughs> The rest of the time we worked together, wow, it was sad. Wow. It was like a sad three years oh. after that. Yeah, it was oh terrible. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> it was awful, really terrible. Man. You see that shit? What the fuck, Ted? Yeah, Ted Nugent. And then, then remember he had a but show. But hey, show your support because liberals don't like him. Ha <laughs> ha. You fucking degenerate. If I see that Christian, I'm going to fucking put his face right in the Bible and smash the Bible around his head. Do you remember he had a show on MTV or VH1 or something where like called "I Fuck Little Girls"? Inner, I remember that inner city kids would go like live at his house, no, and he would like be racist towards them, and oh. then learn they had to learn how to deal with it because he's like, American. are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God, it was like a real show. It was oh. on MTV, so he had he has this massive, like fucking thousand acre wildlife preserve basically that he lives on, and it has like. 
Buffalo and like all. Yo, these he crazy must be a smart motherfucker because he thing. has not made a hit in like forty fucking years. That motherfucker got crazy money. Yeah, but he gets a lot of radio play from his old his shit. You know what I mean? Now, see, that this was back is, in the day where you get to live off of a, a one hit wonder. You this get is to live me. Off it. If I was ever like a successful musician, which I am not. Because I chose to play hardcore music. If I played any other kind of music, I'd be famous. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but if I was in the mix at a rock and roll Hollywood party, and that motherfucker, I would step to him in two seconds, guaranteed. Because you know how I do. Like, you can't be partying with that dude. Rich. But, oh, oh, Ted, one of us got to go. Uh, you want to decide who's going old school? We could do that. I have dreamed about that, Rich. I Hell have yeah. dreamed about being in a room with Ted Nugent. I have. I have dreams. I have After like, that shit, right? Yeah, I have daydreams about it. I'll dr- if I hear a Ted Nugent song and I'm driving and or kick whatever, the fucking I'm walking speaker. through a store and a, a song comes on, I I have like fantasies about being in a room with this dude so I can step to him in a room. Like I dream about it. I would love yeah. to be in a fucking room with Ted Nugent with his big you know, fucking I know dumb Chris, goatee. Chris loves guitar shit, and Chris is a really good guitar player. I never heard him give Ted Nugent no props. So fuck you, Ted Nugent. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, you play guitar good. So could the fucking neighbor. Big deal. I don't know how you slipped through the cracks. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, man. You fucking clown Broke sucker. my heart. Support this man Broke because he heart. drives liberals crazy. Oh, he drives people crazy because he's a fucking racist and a f- he fucks little girls, you weirdo. That's why he drives people crazy. Yeah, you See know, what people are willing to do just to have a member of their team? You're going to overlook that so you can have this guy on your team? Yeah, he loves guns, except when it's involved with the army. Yeah. Yeah. He'd rather shit his own pants and say his own feces. Now, I'm not positive that's true. I did hear it a lot. It'd be great if it was, though. It might be. But he didn't ever win anyway, so what's the either way. Yeah, no, he didn't go. Neither did Trump. He's another fucking pussy-ass motherfucker. If they would have drafted me, I would have been in there. I would have been cutting ears off. I would have chopping people's heads off. But they didn't ask me. So what am I going to do? Now, you know what? I might run. I might not join. I mean, rather not. If one of my homies is going, I'll say, fuck it. Let's go together and make a party out of this shit. But going alone with a bunch of weirdos that I don't like, I'll end up shooting my own dude. You know, you know I, I joined the Navy for like, I didn't join the Navy. I signed up. I went to like yeah. the, uh, the office, me and a friend of mine, and we signed up together for this like buddy program where you get to like, uh, to, uh, supposedly you get to anywhere you get stationed, you're always together. And so me and my friend went and we signed up for the Navy. This is 98, maybe. I don't know. This is a while ago. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Imagine that. Me and a, like a submarine, how terrible that would be. Oh. So we signed up for this thing. And then I went to my gym and I was all excited. I'm trying to like, you know, do pull-ups, get in shape. I'm getting ready to, like, for the yeah, military, bro. Yeah, getting ready, you know. And then my friend just got back from, he just did four years in the Navy. And I saw him. At the gym that day, yeah, and I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" He looked like real sad. I'm like, "What's up, man? How you been?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, I just got back. You know, was in a uh, maybe Guam or something. He was he was somewhere for you know a, a long extended period." And I was like, "Oh shit, I just went and actually signed up, you know." And he's like, "Listen, don't do it." <laughs> he's like, "Don't do it, man." Wow. I was like, "Why?" He's like, "They're gonna split you guys up." He's like, I did it. I, that's exactly what I did. I signed up with my friend, and they, they split us up immediately. He's like, we didn't even do boot camp together. They just split us up. And the whole t- for f- years, I've been saying, like, yo, when am I going to get with my friend? And they, we've never were together. Aww. So we did four years 
it's somewhere completely what different from his friends. Rats, isn't that crazy? Yo, one good thing about the military, dudes I went to high school with that joined the military basically because they had to. Poor motherfuckers, you know. And one option, they're reti- the ones that stayed in are retired now. Yeah, they're like retired from. That's the good, man. Yeah. One was real smart. We all know Saul. He joined at right after high school. Went in the military. He had a plan from the beginning, which we it's crazy when we know Saul. He's totally nuts. He said, I'm going to do four years. I'm going to get out. I'm going to go to college. They're going to pay for it. Then I'm going to go back in and get a lot of money. He did exactly that. He did four years, made a deal, said, okay, after four, we'll play for your college. He went to college. Penn State. Graduated from Penn went State. Went right back in. And when you go in with a college degree, you become like an automatic rank that gets paid good money and it's easy to like excel. And then he did that and then he retired. Yeah. Now Pilot he, too. Now he, he's he, like a... a Airplane pilot, yeah. Wow, man, good for him. Yeah, so, so it worked out for some, didn't work out for others. I mean, we, I, we know, you know, Ray's brother got shot over there, you know, and uh, who the fuck would want that? Imagine going to fucking wait. I gotta go where to fight who? Oh, all right. Why are they attacking America? Something I don't know about. Nah, nah. We just, you know, it's time to go over there. Okay, Bing, you got shot. By some motherfucker, cause you're on his neighborhood. Get the fuck out of his neighborhood. You come in mine, you're gonna get shot too. Stay out. Yo, like, listen, what are we thinking? I played paintball the other week for Anthony's birthday. Yeah, I know we used to play all the time. We were masters. We were like Navy SEALs. We were shit. really fucking good at paintball. But I was. This was like you know, it's been years, and and yo, imagine being in a fucking firefight. Yeah. Imagine being in a real firefight with real bullets whizzing past your head, landing all around you. You get hit on the shoulder, get hit on the foot. Yeah, oh, it's over, man. And you still fucking have to, you have to move. You can't just sit there. You got to get up and go somewhere. Yo, we played uh, Capture the Flag. Yeah. I got a flag. Shit is fun, right? I got it. You got it? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and I felt like my heart was pounding out of my chest. You wanted to hear trumpets, right? Yo, I felt incredible. I got the flag. But the, this game of Capture the Flag, you have to get it. And then you have to go all the way back to the to the the uh, other team's to, side. Uh, yeah. Like you start on your side, go get the flag from their side, and you have to get all the way back to your side again. That's dope. So I, we, my team did it, man. That's awesome. My team did it. We only had like one casualty, maybe two. And um, hey, they had to go. It felt amazing, and I was like, "Wow, imagine being in a real firefight with real bullets." And then, yo, when you survive it, that's why people sign up again and again and again. Mm. You probably feel invincible, and you probably also feel like I can't. I need to be here with these guys. Yeah, you don't want to leave. These are my dudes, and we did this thing together, and two of our friends died. And now they're going back. I have to. I have to sign up again. Oh yeah! Like man, that's crazy. That's gotta like. That's why these guys are affected for life. And then you yep. come back to society. You come back here, and you're supposed to work at Walmart. And that suicide come on. rate, man, so sad, man. Jesus, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. Well, you guys know I've been shot at before, right? Ever tell you the story with Saul? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah. I do know Unfortunately, that. we couldn't shoot back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that shit is scary as fuck. Man, you, I start, got sh- you start running faster than you thought you could run. You were intentionally I was like, shot at. Oh, yeah. I was shot at oh. by accident. And really? And a bullet landed at my feet by accident. By uh, who? All right. I, I was telling a story the other week about Steve Uvari, the kid who who showed me uh, Bon Jovi and Poison. Yeah. That dude. <laughs> so he had uh, he also had a twenty two uh, rifle. And we used to go in the woods and shoot stuff. 
We're crazy up here in the Poconos, baby. Yeah, we just going. We don't give a fuck. Ball. So I heard Steve shooting in the woods one time, and we always shot like towards. <laughs> we used to shoot towards an airport. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, this is crazy. We shoot aiming like towards an airport because there was no houses there. So, you know, you're not, you don't yeah. want to shoot towards houses. <laughs> so I heard Steve shooting in the woods, and I start walking towards. The, the place and he was shooting towards me <laughs> instead of the airport this oh time so I'm walking through like Yo. a field I'm walking through a field to go to Steve and he yeah. fucking shoots towards me and it landed at my feet and I started yelling yeah Steve yeah well this is like a story that we know a dude that shot his you know his own friend and shit remember that yeah he killed him like by, not, not intentional though no imagine like that like fuck man Dude, it happens, man. It's like guns are no joke. I know people want to want to treat them like, oh, they're fine as long as you blah blah blah. Nah, man, they got guns are dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's a dangerous it's... tool, just like a car. You can't take it lightly. I've seen this footage on Facebook of this dude testing a laser on his gun. Do you see that? No, it's like no. an old dude, like a, a NRA good shooter. He's in a range. Somebody's trying to have a laser pointer on the pistol. It's not working, right? So the, the pro comes, let me see it. Or he starts, and he puts his hand over the top of the gun looking Blows for the hand laser pin, and then he, he fucking shoots himself right through the hand. Holy as soon as I see him put his hand up there, I'm like, ah! I'm yelling at a computer screen, my phone. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? The bang! Oh my God, what the fuck? And then you ever see the, the dude who, who goes into the classroom? Yeah. Who to try to teach the kids, and yeah, then he I shoots himself in the fucking foot? Like, oh. these are pros. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, I was watching crazy. Russians train. They train with live ammo and with their homies holding shit right here next to their own heads. And so the homies would be back up. They're like, they're walking. Boom. They're, they're like dragging a bag, walking towards their friends. And their friends are kind of like this, but holding the thing. And they go, da, 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 da. Like right next to his own fucking. Damn. And then they move to the. I'm like, wow, these guys are training with live ammo. It's fucking crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Better man? be fucking on point, man. Yeah, guns are, I mean, Yo, listen. if you saw what I did one time he with a gun. You did some dumb shit, I bet. If you saw what I did one time <laughs> with a gun. Oh, my God. Oh, man, it's just sick. It's just, I, I, I should have been dead and other people should have been dead. Like, wow. many times over yeah. with the dumb shit I've done with guns. Yeah. And I, I dude, I was in the woods deep in a, a, a state game land shooting cans with my friend one time. Yeah. Which the is, same friend, I the same friend, I, I which is normal behavior. It is well, at normal. that time. I don't know about yeah. now, but this is the friend that I signed up for the navy for. Wow, and me and him in the woods with a gun, and I came inches, inches. I'm telling you, from shooting him in the head. Jesus Christ! Inches, bro. Inches. Inches. Like I handed him the rifle. I gave it to him. And I was like, I'm going to sit in the car. I'm done. And I gave it to him, and I walked in the car because I was shaking so bad. Like, I almost shot my friend in the head oh with God. a rifle. Oh and it was two dudes in the woods. Like, what do I do? Like, what? imagine I shot him in the head. What would I fucking do? I don't know. <laughs> two, and there's two other guys I saw? Oh, man. No, it was just the two of us oh. in the woods. Oh, you're good then. Just bounce. But it's just, you know. <laughs> I thought two other dudes saw it. I said, you got to get rid of them, too. Oh God! Yo, when we were young, I mean, it was man. like you remember, you know, you know, Todd and shit. Like somebody would say the wrong things, and the house would get shot up. Like, what if you know, like anybody could get? But young people with guns, 
I mean, old people with guns fuck up. A young dude? But, you know, that's a whole other you know, topic. People, like, yeah, you know, people that don't have a healthy respect for it. Nah. You don't it's realize a toy. It's a game. It's you quick. And, yo, I mean, when I carry one, I'm on, like, fucking Green Beret Alert 11. Like, I'm just, like, looking for the perp. Don't you think that it's more dangerous? Like, you're... You're more likely to shoot somebody when you're carrying it. Yeah, because you got it. And you're because like, you have it, and yeah. you're looking for it, yeah. and you're like, I'm always you're like, expecting that somebody's gonna do something, and then you're yeah. planning like, okay, if somebody comes from here, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna clip him, I'm gonna roll over behind that car, shoot two shots at him, his friend in the ankle, run, hit his friend in the head with my, you know, that you got a whole plan at all times when you're carrying. Yeah, I don't know, man. And it's, it's crazy. It, I mean, it it, come, it could come in handy. We've seen facts where it could come in handy. And we've seen facts where it's, you know, it's the fucking, who's the dude who shot, shot the poor kid with the hoodie? Like, you know, he he had a gun and he was on a mission. What's his name again? Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Shot up. Um, yeah. Oh, like, yo, if he didn't have that gun, if he didn't have that mentality, the kid would just go home with his Skittles, watch the basketball game with his dad, and everybody would be happy. But he was out there with his gun looking for a, a kid that looks shady. What are you, trying to break into cars, taking change out of the glove compartment? You know, they just want to they want to use their shit. You know, there's people like that. And uh, I'm pretty good mm-hmm. under pressure situations, mm. at least as far as, like, I, I don't I don't like freeze up. Yeah, I'll cut even even if it's like the wrong plan. I I will g- come up with a plan and boom 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 and you know enact the plan. But I think when guns are involved, you dude, the decision has to be perfect. Yeah, it has to be perfect, or else you have a life of regret. You yeah, know? it has to be perfect. Even and I I don't even mean like. I mean, it has to be perfect in all cases. Even if you should shoot the person, it has to be perfect. Because if you don't shoot the person and you had a gun on you, you got a life of regret. Yeah. If it's the, if it's the you know somebody trying to harm you or your people, yeah. you you have to shoot it. It's, it's oh my god, man. there's a lot I of saw pressure. Some footage of some cops a lot of showing pressure. a lot of restraint, like running backwards with his gun drawn. Did you see that? And the guy chasing him with a knife and just running. Yeah, not, I did not see that. Killing one. this dude. Yep. And in the end, it worked out, and the guy was arrested. But in my head, I'm like, "Yo, you gotta kill this dude." It was like a mentally ill guy, right? Yeah, and like, he was. A, didn't the cop know him? I don't know if the cop. I didn't get the vibe that he knew him. But the cop showed restraint, kept his gun drawn. But the guy was charging him, ah, like this, knife over his head, running at him, and the dude was just backtracking. Stop! You gotta stop! Stop! Please stop! I'm telling you, please stop! No! And it went on and on, and all of a sudden, the guy just stopped and then went to his knees. I was like, whoa. I'm like, he would have been justified killing him within the first millisecond because that's how it looked, and then that's what they could get away with. But you need dudes like that, like that see, like, okay, I know I could get this guy. He's coming at me full blast. I'm going to give him as much time as I can. I hope he stops. I hope he stops. But the guy was, like you said, alert enough to be like, yeah, yeah, he is charging me. His knife is over his head. He's running. I'm running. He's not close enough to stab me yet. I still got the gun. I hope. Oh, he did stop. Oh, great. You know? Mm-hmm. But it could have went different because, I mean, some of these cops got hair triggers, man. I mean, they just like, you know, you look at them wrong and they shoot you up. And they're scared and shit. I give this this guy props, man. Fucking crazy. Paintball brought a lot of shit to the surface, man. A lot of memories. <laughs> That yeah. I had repressed. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. 
<clears throat> no, we used to be out I, there. I can't if I can't control a paintball gun. Yeah. Properly, you know what I'm saying. Well, we all know what the am fierce, I gonna do with a real with a real gun. The fierce battle we had in paintball years ago. I always tell the story. I was in the killer sniper spot before it was like known by everybody. Remember, way there's up a, top. There's a spot in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, called the Boiler Works, abandoned factory. It was two factories and an office building that were just completely abandoned, joined by an underground tunnel. If yes. you could believe that. <laughs> it <laughs> was like awesome. a re- it was like Resident Evil it was or so Silent Hill cool. or something like that. I found a spot as high as you could be while still inside with just one course of block missing where you could have a view of the whole the whole biggest part of the factory. All of a sudden a melee takes course. Dudes are running. Boom, boom, all down below. None of them see me. I'm just picking them off. Bing! Bang! Bing! Clap! <laughs> I'm laughing, going, ah, motherfucker, doom, ding. And I see a little vision in the corner of my eye. Ah, I, I'm killing everybody. And I turn, pull the trigger. As soon as I pull the trigger, no, my own dude, Tobin. No, and I see that ball fucking swaying through the air, slow motion. Boom, hit him right by his neck. And I'm like, nah, I killed my own dude. If that was real life, I killed my own dude. Uh, friendly fire, man. Terrible, Damn. man. Damn, Tobin, I'm sorry. Still to this day, you so, talk about it. No, because that was like, I was so, I was like killing everyone. And they were just like, whoa, I'm dead. I like, got hit. I, I was like indestructible up there. But I could kind of see, oh, that's my dude. That, but this one dude just came into my peripheral and go. <gasps> Too late. It's friendly fire got to be accountable for a lot of deaths. Oh, dude. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of guys like that never say they did it, but they're like, they know they did it. Yeah, one of the funniest uh, paintball stories ever is you with the bee- beehive. <laughs> yeah. that was it, it's hard to tell this story because you got to have a visual, but everybody's like, how are we doing in. on time, Chris? Uh, Wait, good. We got, we got a couple more minutes, about an hour and 45. Uh, hour and 45, okay. I think I was a Let's end hours. on this story because this is a good ending point, okay? I'll set it up and then you tell them. Okay, go ahead. A big, we're playing in the same place, but we're playing an outdoor game to the side of the one building. So we have the the barrier set. Everybody's dead on both teams except one man on each team. So we're all witnesses. Joe's on one team, and then this dude Sager, yeah, Josh big Sager. tall dude, like six foot six. And there's basically like bleachers of yeah. rocks. Yeah. So it's it was a cool you, pattern was, of of land. Yeah. There was probably like eight people that were out already, and yeah. it was just me versus Josh. Yeah. And we're all watching for the for the supremacy. You know, the supreme team yeah. win. And uh, I could see both, and I could see that Jotham sees Josh, but Josh doesn't see Jotham. And I had Josh in my sights, and he was just a little too far, but he's walking towards me. He's walking towards me with no shirt on, with his mask up on the top of his head. I'm like, this is the easiest kill ever. I'm going to win this game. I'm going to be the hero of my team. You had cover. He had none. Yeah, I was completely hidden, and he's walking towards me down a, a fucking road. Eventually, we did notice something wrong with Jotham's cover. So, so, all right, here I am. I'm crouched behind this rock, and there's a tree above me with with heavy branches that are, like, kind of shading the whole area <laughs> and covering me. He thought it was a great spot, and it might have been. <laughs> it was probably the year before. So, I'm, I'm crouched down behind this boulder. And this dude's walking towards me. Give me clueless. 20, 25 more feet, and I got him. Yeah. And he stops in his tracks. And I'm like, 
damn, why did he stop? And I put my head up, and all of a sudden I feel like a ray of sun poked through the tree and was just on my head, like, you know Very what I mean? Hot. Like just a hot spot on the top of my head. And I brush it, I'm like, ah, what? And I brush it off, and I crouch back down. I'm like, all right, I just gotta wait a little And we longer. can't believe what we're seeing as spectators. So Josh takes a couple, he walks five feet, and he stops. And I'm like, damn, he stopped again? I poke my head up, and I feel my head burning again. <laughs> we we know why it's burning now, but he still don't. But we're and obligated not to say anything. Yeah, we're all dead. I, I brush my head off, and I crouch back down. And Josh turns around, and he's walking in circles. Clueless. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's taking, and I'm like, my head is really starting to bother me now. It's like burning, man. It's like really hot. <laughs> oh my it's God. really fucking <laughs> hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on fire Yo, my bad. head is on fire we and were like, dumbfounded we couldn't believe what we were seeing it feels like the sun like someone has a magnifying glass and they're just pointing it at my head yeah. and it's just burning me with sunlight and I'm like what is happening and I'm so uncomfortable but I can't put my finger on it yeah. and this dude is in my sights and I just want to shoot him and he's just right out of my range and finally I'm like fed up I, I lose my mind because I'm so hot right now, yeah. and I don't know what's happening. And I put my, I stand all the way up. Bad move. I stand all the way up, and I'm like, I'm just going to rush him and shoot him. Gain the ground you need to shoot him, but you got to stand up. Right. I have to stand up, and I have to, like, leave my cover. And it, But he has his gun by his side. It, you know, He's the totally odds, reckless. The yeah. odds are definitely in my favor. Yeah. So I stand up, and I put my head directly into a giant beehive yes that was the size <laughs> of my head every time while we were watching every time he poked up to look at josh he touched the beehive with his head slightly and it was landing on his <laughs> on his head and stinging him and we were just watching like what the fuck how's he not feeling this but he was swatting a little bit but he was so focused on josh i just wanted to kill but i was yeah man it was such good cover yeah it was such a good hiding spot with this beehive a fucking beehive that's crazy dude like, and your head was you touching a beehive dude it was touching the bottom <laughs> and they were like and they were coming, God, that's wow. like the door the yeah. only door in and out yeah and i was like covering the door <laughs> with my head and you know i have a shaved head forever so yeah. i'm like every time i touch the thing they would just sting yeah. <laughs> they're like who's right this motherfucker like, go to the door sting that who's shutting the door sting yeah. that door and they would just sting the shit out of me. So then I stick my head right into the beehive, and it's just like <laughs> mayhem. Yo, my They're just God. stinging the shit out of my face, my neck, everything. And I'm like, ah! And I run out of my spot. And Sager, Josh, he didn't know what was he going on. He just looks up and sees me and poof, shoots yeah. me. One shot, I'm dead, and I'm covered in bee stings, and everyone's <laughs> laughing, and that was the end of the game. Dude, it was so bad. The back of my head hurts. Oh, thinking about how funny that was. Fucking horrendous. Should we have said, yo, Joe, uh, sorry, guys. We, I know we're not supposed to talk. You can't, we're dead, though. You can't. But, uh, <laughs> you can't you say gotta be yet. <laughs> So I stood oh. back, and, uh, you know, a lot of animal lovers will hate this, but I stood back far enough from the beehive, and I just blasted the <laughs> shit out of it because fuck those bees. They lost me the game. <laughs> he blasted They did me shit. fucking harm. <laughs> they so they I fucked you up. I demolished their home. <laughs> yo, you, yo, check it out. Before we go, we got to give props to a new podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. everybody but us. Everybody but us podcast. That's our friends from Knuckle Dust. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, we moved from Knuckle guys. Dust. Yeah, 
uh, proven, ironed out. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot and of here up. in Wema and here in Lewis. Man, I just smile the whole time. That's yeah. our people, man. Yeah, and they're such good dudes, and and just them talking, I love listening to it, and they sound like they're having a real good time. Yeah, yeah. they're smart guys. They give, they're funny. Everyone but us podcast. Available on iTunes available nice. on and iTunes. other platforms. Listen to uh, Getting It Out, too. That's another really good one. Dan Crayley. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Shout that out one. again. Yeah, he's really. Yo, I have laughed out loud every single episode. Yeah. Every single one. Nice. And he's he's just fucking funny, man. He's really yeah, funny. So is guy. he alone? Or is he talks to Just him. He, had, he recently had some, like, call-in questions, you know? Like, people yeah. asking questions, which was pretty cool, too. But, um... <clears throat> He's a really fucking funny guy. Yo, we got so many people. We like to have a guest, and we we haven't had a guest in a while, but yo, we got like I bumped in to Raven. I know from Murphy's Law, uh, Friday morning at a Starbucks in Soho. One of the smoothest dudes of all time. Yo, he just walked into Starbucks, strutted in the Starbucks, strutted in. You he, heard? He fucking floated in the Starbucks. Yeah. He had his saxophone case. Hell yeah. He had his satchel. It's got all these sketchbooks in it, scarfs and spikes. And- yo, he makes art. He makes art, comics. Yeah. Like Frank Frazetta style comics. Wow. But in, in the setting, Frank Frazetta's are like these fantastic worlds with dinosaurs and these beasts. And you know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy like fantasy type shit. Um, Ravens is set in like the inner city. Damn. So it's like these crazy looking cars he draw. Yo, he draw a car from memory that's like the coolest looking car you ever saw. Yeah. It's like the dopest shit ever. And there's a lot of like kind of X-rated shit, very like Frank yeah, Frazetta right, X-rated yeah, kind of yeah, shit, big boobs and shit. Yeah, but all like it's cool. It's like really like powerful looking people, women, yeah. men. They're really powerful looking, and um, I don't know. It's cool, man. He's re- he's really fucking talented guy, and he's just said some shit that just blew my mind. I'm I'm not even gonna say it because we exchange numbers. Um, he wants to be on the podcast, so we try to arrange that as fast as possible. And I just want him to talk because he's got a great voice and he's got a lot of interesting things to yeah. say. There's so many dudes hit me up lately that want to do it again or do it for the first time. John Joseph, so many times we were supposed to him, didn't happen. I just talked to him. He's any time, but it's just, it's hard, man. It's hard to hard to link up, yeah. but uh, we're working on it. We're trying to make some shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to Oak and Crow. Yeah, man. Oak and Crow Coffee Company. Yo, Chris, you look great in that hat. Yo, it's a dope hat, and the coffee is incredible. Yeah, it's good. He, he yeah, just it's sent very me, good, man. He just sent me a new uh, darker roast, Chris, that I got to share with you. Yeah, next time, man. And you're really going to like it. And he and we're, we're working on some really cool shit. He wants to do like a, a Wisdom and Chains uh, roast and a nice. post-America podcast roast. So we're working on some cool Serve it cool shit. It to our guests. Um. So everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, fastbreakrecords.com. Go check out the. Uh, they got a lot of new releases. The new Wisdom and Chains is coming out in probably July, right, Richie? July is supposed to be out. Yeah. July. Um, we just finished up the final mastering and everything, and um, I'm really happy with the way it sounds. I think you guys are pretty happy with it too, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Boom, Chris. Boom. Yeah, man. Boom. Okay. So uh, I'm very happy with it. I think you guys are gonna love it. Um, thank you so. for listening Post America Podcast send us questions and comments and complaints whatever you got to uh, postamericapodcast at gmail.com <clears throat> or on Instagram at postamericans and oh no I'm sorry Instagram at postamericapodcast and uh, that's it we'll talk to you soon peace thanks a lot for listening 
We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack.